guys. Welcome to the Midlife Gamers, the show about two guys in their 30s talking video games. My name's Corey. Joining me on the second controller is my buddy Ashton. Ashton, how you doing today, man? I'm doing all right, doing all right. I'm excited for this podcast. Episode three. Woo, 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 woo. Revenge of the... I don't really know. <laughs> we're, we're not improv people, no, everyone. No, no. Horrible about that. So how was your week, buddy? It was, you know, all right. You know. Just all right? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah Slow moving week. Yeah, no. Yeah. It's kind of kind of dragging on. Actually, honestly, I've been really looking forward to recording this episode. So the days have actually been kind of dragging. Um, uh, yesterday, I, uh, I turned the magic number 35. So I got to spend the whole day with my kids, my family, and everything. So took a little break from working on the podcast and other stuff. So that was pretty much it. Other than that, I've just been anxiously awaiting... Um, Ghost of Tsushima to come out. So, but other than that, that's pretty much been my week. So. Also, also big excited. There, there are some things in this week. Like, hey, everyone, we have a YouTube channel. Yes, I uploaded that video. And did you know YouTube hates me? <laughs> I, know. I didn't know that. <laughs> it took. I didn't know at all. So, for anyone who doesn't know yet, Ashton and I are streaming uh, over Twitch now, and we're going to be recording some of our gameplay and posting it to our YouTube channel, as well as posting some special videos to our YouTube channel that you're only going to be able to find there. Um, but this was our first experience with starting both Twitch and a YouTube channel. Twitch went over kind of smoothly. It was yeah. bad, except for the fact that I didn't realize that if you don't have enough space while recording on your PlayStation, that it will overwrite the video when you go to record a new one instead of warning me that i'm out of space so not, not cool sony no but. no so three hours and 15 minutes of recording was reduced to about 58 minutes so that was unfortunate because we actually had a pretty good chat while i was playing some assassin's creed yeah it was, it was unfortunate it was, good. It was I, uh, I learned a lot about what <laughs> the future games from where i are where i am like how things have changed and stuff. It was yeah. a really cool conversation. Yeah, especially since you're so far back in the series still. So, yeah. so I mean, you're not that far back. You got a couple of games to catch up. So, I like two big games. Yeah, I mean, mainly what three and Black Flag, right? Yeah, exactly. Yep. yep. So, I mean, I want to dive into uh, Syndicate, but part of me wants to hold off and play Rogue first because I haven't played Rogue yet. So that was the side scroller. No, no. Rogue. Rogue is actually one that this was. All right. So this was this was really stupid that Ubisoft and Sony did this. I didn't understand why they did this at all. Um, so basically, um, I think Rogue came out the same time as Black Flag did, but they made it a PS3 exclusive. Why? Exactly. <laughs> um that was the one with the african-american woman no right? no no that was um um liberation i think it was what it's called okay. it's, it's some something liberty was in the title that one ran alongside assassin's creed 3 because it took place during the american revolution okay all right, okay all right. um the rogue I, it takes place around the same time as um black flag i'm i'm pretty sure um, but Rogue is actually an assassin who is turning Templar. Hmm? Yes. That's what your character is. You are, you are a former assassin who is now hunting down assassins in the Brotherhood. That sounds kind of cool. Doesn't it? 
That's what, and like I was excited for it when they first showed the trailer for it, and they're like, "Oh, it's a PS3 exclusive." I'm like, wait a minute, like we got the PS4 <laughs> right here. Like, why? <laughs> this made no sense. So when they uh, when they started remastering um, some of the late PS3 Assassin's Creeds, they um, they ended up doing Rogue, and they just released uh, Rogue remastered on the PS4. Um, God, maybe uh, late last year, and oh. yeah, and it's it's cheap too. I think you can grab it for like eleven bucks right now. So, and, it, and it's it's good. Like it's a full flown Assassin's Creed game. Like it's it's huge open world everything. So and no, it's it's not one of the side scrollers. The side scrollers were called uh, Chronicles, I think. Yes. And yes, yeah, yes. like one takes place in Russia, another one takes place in China, and I think the third one is in India, but I'm not positive on that one. Um, but yeah, no, there's there's some other games in the series that I haven't got to play. Um, the, uh, there's another one that it's not a full blown game. It's more of an, ex- like an expansion slash DLC, um, that goes along with four, um, that was called freedom cry. Um, that one is, and I don't know if you know, know the main story of four or not, but the, you're, you're a pirate, of course. And yes, I know that <clears throat> you're the guy who actually like commands your ship and steers it and everything like that. He's like, he's like your number one guy, right? He's a former slave. And you, yeah, and you actually, the game is playing as him, you know, escaping slavery and then eventually joining up with, you know, his, um, his buddy there in Assassin's Creed 4. So that's, uh, that's that one. There's a lot of cool spinoff games in Assassin's Creed that I don't think a lot of people know about. Like, um, I'm pretty sure the one that was with the girl that you're talking about was called Liberation because it was on the Vita at first. Oh, yes. And, yep. And then, and it was a good game. That was a good one. I actually think that's one of my platinums as well. I'll have to double check. Um, but that was a good one. And then they, they ended up remastering that one the same time they remastered three for the PS4. So, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot of cool stuff going on with Assassin's Creed still. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to Valhalla for sure. But before we dive all into that, let's go back to my two truths and a lie that I had from last week, man. All right, so, you liar. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to go run down them each time, each one of them here. And then uh, I'll let you go ahead and take a quick guess. And I think you know what the answer is, and then I'll mm-hmm. confirm it if you're right or not. So, number one, I have never beaten any version of Final Fantasy VII, be it the original on PlayStation, be it the PC version, be it the PC cleaned up version, when they have added faces to them, <laughs> or mouths. Have, <laughs> yeah, I, yes. I didn't even know that was yes, a thing. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yep. Um... Uh, and then I have not, I have not beaten the remake either. Um, so that was number one. Number two, I once padded my trophy numbers by playing a kid's game. So I just, I needed, I, I wanted to boost my trophies to keep up with you there, pal. So I grabbed a kid's game for Blockbuster and boosted. Um, and number three, uh, at an electronics boutique store, you know, the old EV games, um, they had a display up where you could test out and play games, of course. And I was playing a game with another kid there and I got mad that I lost two rounds to him and I smashed the controller. So which one's the lie? All right. I'm going to break this down for everybody. Okay. <laughs> the final fantasy seven thing that can make sense. That's a 50 hour plus game, maybe more. Maybe you didn't have access to the PC version. Remake is not the greatest game, so I wouldn't blame anyone for not finishing it. So that's the truth. The second one, 
Everyone pads their numbers. I padded. Do you know how many BB games I got on my trophy list? I don't even want to start. All right. So obviously, knowing you, you didn't break a controller. Who would break a controller? You can't even throw it. It's like attached to like this lip thing. So here's the thing. Um, you are correct. That that was my lie. But the third story is a true story. However, I am not the one who broke the controller. It was the kid I was playing against who broke the controller. So they didn't have those. I know what you're talking about. They're like those those short little like stiff, rigid like things they hold on. So you can like only hold the controller in one position. This setup, these setups they had in there, they didn't have these. They actually just had the cords that were still inside there. But they had the cords with a twist tie around them inside the plastic. So you could only pull, pull it out so far. But uh, it still gave you free range to move around the controller, hold it up and down. Everything. And then when you were done, you just slid the controller back into a dock that was on the display. So yeah, yeah. I was playing against this other kid. He got pissed off out of nowhere and just smashed the thing on the display. And the joystick ended up breaking off and... That was that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So all three stories are technically true. Just the third one was skewed to make it seem like I was the uh, the perpetrator. <laughs> do, you, do you still know this kid? Was it a random kid? Yeah, it was a random kid. It was just one of those days where I was with, at the mall with my dad and, uh, you know, we would go in to look at video games because every, every now and again, you know, if I did good during the week, like he'd give me an allowance, I'd go in and buy a game or... You know, my dad was cool about getting me video games and stuff when I wanted them. So uh, we'd go in there and and I'd look around and he actually be kind of funny because back then my dad used to play a, a lot of the old school Madden. And he actually he actually got into playing the NASCAR games on my PC. And he also loved um, what was it called? Uh, Daytona USA. That was one of his games. The arcade I love game. that game. <laughs> yeah. So there was a PC version of that. And like anytime like there was like any type of racing game, my dad would always walk in just to see and pick it up and look at it and everything. And anytime he did that, I would walk in, know what game that I wanted, already grab it and have it under my arm. And then I'd walk over to that display and start playing the console until my dad was done and ready to go. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I was never <laughs> like that. I'd be like, ooh, I want this. Ooh, I want that. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I knew, I knew every time going to the stores that we were kind of on a budget. So I was like, all right, I got to go in there knowing what I want because otherwise, I am going to be in here forever <laughs> trying to make a decision on what to spend my money on. So, <laughs> but yes, good job, man. That was, Thank you. That was yeah. I kind of figured you're going, kind of figured you're going to figure that one out. But I'm curious how many listeners actually got that. Just because I know, um, you know, kind of when you go up to certain gamers and you tell them, I've never beaten Final Fantasy VII before, they're kind of like, Boo, what? <laughs> I mean, admittedly, it's a popular game, but I'm, like back when it came out, only like 2 million, 4 million units sold. So it's not like it was a huge install base or anything. Yeah. Nope. But, yep. Well, anyways, I think we can dive into the gaming news this week, especially after we just watched the Ubisoft Forward event this past Sunday, and they showed... It's the news. War across the country. Sorry, I'm just kidding. There's no war. Or is there... A, a secret di- a, war. A digital war. <laughs> oh. 
We're nope. on the front lines. <laughs> Ubisoft news. No, this past Sunday was the Ubisoft Forward event where they unveiled a bunch of their new games that are expected to be coming out for both the current gen and for the next gen consoles uh, later this year. Um, you know, the, a lot of games people were looking forward to were especially Watch Dogs and Assassin's Creed, uh, Valhalla for sure. But they definitely showed off a couple other things that mm-hmm. were pretty cool. And um, on top of that, if uh, if nobody got a chance, um, they were giving away a free copy of Watch Dogs 2 for the PC. And I know there was some issues with people actually getting access to that. But Ashton, I, you said you found a link. I that, did found, that works. find a link somewhere. And I okay. will share it for you and we can post it in descriptions and on our uh, yeah. pages and all that yep. for everybody. Yep. So I'll make sure we get that up. So you grab your copy, free copy of Watch Dogs 2 for PC before that's gone. Um, game's not super cheap. They're not, not super expensive in uh, in the store right now. It's around 8 to 10 bucks, depending on which uh, where you go to buy it from. But free is free, right? <laughs> I, I, if I don't have to spend eight dollars, <laughs> I'm not spending eight dollars. It's really that simple. Um, but Ashton, do you want to run down some of the other games that uh, that they showed off? Uh, yeah. Um, before the show even started, they had um, uh, Trackmania uh, was being streamed about four players. Which actually looked really cool. <laughs> it did really look cool. It it looked smooth and it ran well. And uh, during it, they even gave out free copies of uh, various things like Assassin's Creed uh, Odyssey. Um, yep. They gave out codes for a few other things that, you know, are a little older, you know, within a couple of years. Um, but you had to have quick hands. You had to have quick so hands. So quick. <laughs> I tried putting in so many codes and I'd just be like, I did this in like four <laughs> seconds. I guess I'm not fast enough. <laughs> nope. Like, okay. Cool. Yay. But track media look good. I don't know yeah. subscription good. Yeah, that that part kind of caught me off guard a little bit because it's like, yeah, it's I understand why certain games are going for the subscription based model, but I'm not sure if if that is a game that you want to jump at. Like, I understand they made massive improvements in the game, and it looks great. It looks great for mm-hmm. what it is. But I think you start with that and see what your response is, and then eventually move to a more subscription base as you produce more content. That's just my take on it. Going straight to a subscription base, eh, it may work for them. It may not. I think it looks cool. I'll definitely give it a shot. But I don't know if it's necessarily something that's going to kind of rope me in, considering like how much I'm already paying out in subscriptions yeah. for other games and stuff. Exactly. You got to think about what, what else is going to be. It's not even out yet, for one, everybody. Right. It, you have to think about what it's going to be competing against. Like, the, we have big racing games coming out ahead of us. We got Gran Turismo 7. We got Horizon. Not Horizon. Oh, my God. For, Forza. Forza whatever. Dirt 4 and all these other big racing games. I don't think it could compete necessarily. So... <laughs> but i i was excited for what came up next i know there was something in between these points but i forget was it's, it was it was it the crew was it the crew too it was the crew too it was the crew too because as soon as yeah, we started yeah, talking yeah. about as soon as we started talking about track i'm like i know they did another racing game and it was it was the crew too which also looks kind of cool yeah and you know what not a subscription no so no you're competing I, against yourself on this one. <laughs> so, 
marketing. Hello. I, I mean, I think I think there's 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 going to be there's definitely a, a, a clear difference between the two games. I mean, Trackmania is is more. It's very fun and very cartoony and everything like that the crew is supposed to be more of like a, a need for speed and yeah, yeah. and like and like forza combined a little bit it's like it's supposed to have the, the close realism of forza as a driving simulator and have like the open world vastness of um of like the, uh, the need for speed games and the missions like the need for speed games and stuff like that um so i kind of like how they kind of strike a balance to that um i think the amount of cars that they're going to have in the crew too is is incredible um so but uh but i i personally only played the first crew a little bit just because i'm when it comes to like driving and racing games i mean i'm, I'm stuck on the need for speed games they're they're fun and i've been playing them since what need for speed 2 on the pc so even even me I go back to a need for speed. I recently bought yeah. uh, most wanted for my PC while I was mm-hmm. on Steam sale. So yep, I yep. mean I get it. Yep, I like things that feel arcadey. Yeah, and that's why I think I like I like Need for Speed, and and I've always liked the the customization in Need for Speed, and especially oh, yeah. yeah, and especially now with the newer ones, and there's like there's so much you can do with. I mean, if if you go on like if you watch go on YouTube videos, they have um, like different artists who have made the craziest designs right with the in-game um, design templates. Like they're they're mm-hmm. using like little line buzz, and I've seen like a dude make a whole vinyl on his hood that looked exactly like Darth Vader. Like there's there's some really cool stuff that they've they've been able to do in that game, but not a Ubisoft game, so we stay on track here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the big first game they started everything off with is something I'm super excited about: Watch Dogs Legion. Yeah, you know, like at first when the first Watch Dogs came out, the concept was like, all right, this is cool, but it wasn't a game that 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 roped me in. Um, I actually had to wait for it to become like really cheap before I bought it to actually give it a shot and try it, and I was pleasantly same. surprised. You know, I was you know not not mad at myself that I didn't spend sixty bucks, but at the same time, you know, I kind of felt disappointed that I was you know behind the times on on everyone else with that one, considering how good of a game it actually is, and and two is just as good, if not better. <laughs> See, I've never played two, but I, like you, I also picked Watch Dogs after the fact. I got it for twenty bucks. I probably would have paid 40 bucks for it. Yeah. It's pretty good looking. It's a big city. There's uh, the mini game stuff. The mini game mm-hmm. stuff is crazy fun. Yep. Yep. Um, but in Legion, just the pure concept that I could have a crew full of elderly women <laughs> saving <laughs> London. I am so about this. <laughs> they were there will not be one person under 65 on my team i refuse if they give me somebody guess who's dying that person sorry hey, hey everyone just so you know once this does go down this will be live stream on our twitch channel and recorded yes. and put on our youtube channel like yes it will. this has to happen ashton is promising this right now granny team up in london <laughs> you'll see it they will be the hardest crew in the streets 
But not to say the characters, all the other characters, they sh- they showed off a lot of templates, a lot of individual NPC kind of characters, and all of them very different from one another. That's, I mean, that that's what I was kind of excited about. Now, I'm curious how that will actually be reflected in the actual gameplay, because, um, you know, especially when it comes to open world games, there's so much extra you have to do. And so, like, I, there's got to be a time where you're going to run into, like, two or three of the same Duplicates, NPC yeah. I mean, yeah, like, it, it's bound to happen. So I, I'm like, like I hope people don't get their panties in a bunch over over that because it's like just them alone giving you more than five to be able yeah. to jump into is is pretty awesome. And the ones they do show, um, they do a little like demo of how to get into uh, what is it, London Yard or mm-hmm. some some famous Scotland you know, Scotland Yard Scotland, Scotland Yard. Yard right? Yep. And they start off, you're a, a construction dude, and he's able to just summon, like, a construction drone and, like, fly up somewhere. You know, he's inconspicuous because they think he's a worker. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, full force. But then they show you, hey, what if you do it in a hacker way? And it's this one lady with a drone, and, like, sh- it just takes care of all the enemies in the field. She could hack enemy drones and, like... Honestly, super powerful character because that was cool what she was doing. They showed what I, a third template. What I thought was kind of cool was when they actually ran through the gameplay and you were playing as different characters, they actually included the, like the mini cutscenes in between transitions yeah. of gameplay. Yeah, and they and, were different. And they were different. And that part I thought was really cool too. Instead of just making the NPC with a different voice say the same exact thing, they changed it up a little bit. And that was that was cool. I mean, that honestly gives the game a lot of replayability. Because I mean, like there's going to be so many different combinations of how you're going to be able to go through and play that game. So really, really cool, really cool concept that they came up with for that one. Yeah. So you don't have to worry. Granny gameplay, grandma, grandma giving young whippersnappers some sass. You got that covered. Play someone else. You know, you can watch and play your own. It's like the queen should be one of the NPCs. I wish. If she is an unlockable, I'm doing it. That'd be amazing. I would love it. Just um, just don't even don't even go for any other NPCs. Just play as the queen the whole game. Um, they did show off like a little short film, too. It was like five minutes or so. It was mm-hmm. really well that, made. That was awesome. Like at first I was like I was like, wait, is this like the intro to the game? And they're like, oh no, it's just a short film to tie in with the game. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. So if nobody saw that, um, you can go back and you can watch the Ubisoft event back on Facebook. But if you just do a Google search for the um, Watch Dogs Legion short film, it'll bring up it was maybe only about like what, seven, eight minutes long? Yeah, not yeah, not it, even. it wasn't. But the art style was crazy unique and it was awesome. Um, I was really, really surprised by that. Like I said, I thought it was part of the gameplay. And they're like, no, just something special we did. And I'm like, well, this is actually really cool. Because sometimes when you see those like tie-ins, little videos, they're kind of cheesy. Or it's just all for the purpose of marketing. But this was actually really well done. Mm. Very, very well done. Like props. The aesthetic is just beautiful. And the mm-hmm. like neon lights and the all the graffiti, like neon graffiti. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's amazing. Like yep. I wish... I don't wish, but I wish I lived in that world. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. (laughs) Probably. It's like, I'm, I'm pretty tech savvy, but I'm, I'm not that good of a hacker. (laughs) 
I mean, <laughs> if grandma could do it, anyone I mean, could do it. Apparently. What are they teaching in London over there? <laughs> How to be rebellious. This um, is true. And yeah, just it just it was a cool game, and I I really look forward to it. Uh, not really mm-hmm. much more to say beyond that. Yeah, um, because they they didn't show off a ton of the actual gameplay, except for like the the, the transitioning between a few different characters in the same segments and scenes. Um, I did watch a couple other. Uh, videos that were posted up by ubisoft and and ign and things um after the event just to see more and there were a couple like videos of um uh this one guy going through a um kind of a tunnel area and then coming out in the city um and that one was pretty cool um but but yeah they didn't show a ton um i actually expected i expected them especially with them tying in that little video i thought that watchdogs was going to take up a bigger portion of the uh, yeah. of the show same, especially with them handing out uh, right. Watch Dogs 2. I, I'm surprised they leaded with it. I know. So, so am I. Because I mean, it's got a lot of tread. I know Valhalla's got a lot of tread, but I feel like what they're trying to do with Watch Dogs is they're, they're trying to put that one now kind of at their forefront. Like, I think they really want Watch Dogs to kind of be their lead franchise because, you know, Assassin's Creed, while still great games and everything, the title itself is it's aging. And, you know, like with Valhalla here, it looks great. Probably what they're going to do looks great. It's going to be great next. But Watch Dogs is something that's really unique. And and not to say that Assassin's Creed wasn't, but I mean, how many Assassin's Creed games do we have now? And the fact that they did what we talked about in the one episode, the annual releases. I mean, yeah. they just they just flooded the market with these Assassin's Creed games. And I mean, I hate to say it, but for lack of, you know, anything else people are tired of them you know there are there are there is a group of people who are like oh god another assassin's creed game like so you know <clears throat> i think now ubisoft kind of recognizes that and that's why they're really putting a lot more effort into watchdogs but it did surprise me that that one wasn't like either the last one they showed off or at least the one right before valhalla yeah because uh, like a big thing about watchdogs too is like it's modern but mm-hmm. not really modern. Yeah. It's like slightly futuristic. It's something we could ground ourselves in. Yep. And each one is different from the last two. Mm-hmm. Like nothing like Legion is in Watch Dogs 2. Nothing in Watch Dogs 2 is really in the first one. Yep. Um, but October 29th, 2020. Uh, please look forward to that game. Uh, I'm excited. You should be excited. Um, next, uh, they showed a little snippet for Brawlhalla, which is like a free-to-play little Smash clone, but there's a lot of different characters in it. Yep. Uh, a lot of them unique. Uh, a lot of them from other Ubisoft franchises. Mm-hmm. Um, you could probably pick it up right now on any console. Yeah, I mean the the actual game itself is either cheap or free, right? And then yeah, just it's free. and the, yeah, it's free. And then then the additional characters cost money because yeah. I remember pick I remember picking it up when it first first came out, and I was like, oh, there's only a few characters, and I thought, oh, it's one of these games where you got to buy more characters. And yeah. So they were really pushing it because on August sixth, that's when it will be coming to Android and iOS, so you'll be able to. Roll it out on your phone while you're in the bathroom or eating some food or whatever. Did you know? Did they did they say if it was going to be cross platform for uh, online play? 
I don't think they did. It just seems like with a title like that, if they're going to release it on mobile devices, then it probably would be. Yeah. Uh, they it was pretty fast. It was only really on screen yeah. for a couple minutes. They were just yep. like one and done. We got this one thing. Yep. You already play it. It's already successful to a certain degree. Um, then they announced another phone project game. I didn't really pay attention to this one, but I think it was based off of Might and Magic. I don't know if you've ever played a Might and Magic game. I have not. I've heard of the titles, but I've just nothing I've ever played. They are old. They're like grandpa old. Mm-hmm. Which to you youngins listening to this is like me, <laughs> so I mean, whatever. God damn, whippersnappers, get off my lawn. Get off, get out of here. What they showed off after that was Elite Squad. Uh, it wasn't really a lot of gameplay, more of like a tone, but it seemed like a Team Fortressy kind of thing. I don't know if you remember this. Uh, it was like all CG. Um, that might have been that might have been when I when I had to get up and step away. Unfortunately for everyone listening out there, during the time that the event was on, is um, I had my kids and everything, so I had to step away a few times. So there was some small things that I did end up missing from the show, and I tried to go back and and watch it again, but I just haven't had the time this week to actually sit down and watch it again fully through. I'm just glad I got to see the some of the main titles. <laughs> well, I mean, that's cool. That's why I, I'm here. I recorded it too, so I. I'm literally watching this right now. You can't see it. Because I need reminders. But it was like a cute little, like, very stylized, uh, like, role-based thing. It's all CG. It's just a cutscene. But you could tell that's kind of how they were pushing it. It's a, a Tom Clancy Elite Squad. And I mentioned this because the Splinter Cell dude shows up at the end. And like he saves the bad guy, and but he's a good guy, and I don't know. <laughs> Splinter Cell. Oof. Been yeah. a long time since I've heard that, man. <laughs> guy comes out with the like yeah. the spider goggles things. Yep. Yep. And it's I, just I, like, I, I missed that part. Yep. I must. That's been a part I, I must have missed because I actually used to play Splinter Cell. I tried to play the first one. It is an in-depth game. It is. And I was expecting more of like Metal Gear, where it's kind of espionage, but you could just shoot people if you want. No, no, this was this was very like spy simulator. <laughs> yeah. Um, they didn't really announce anything in terms of date. It will be on uh, iOS and Android. It's not a console game. It is a phone game. What have you. Um, following that, they just did a little snippet on um, Rainbow Six. Uh, Rainbow Six Quarantine. Uh, actually, this one was Siege. Oh, Siege. Yes. Oh. Yes, I did yeah. expect to see Quarantine. Yeah. But, I don't know. But basically, it's like a little small documentary about how Rainbow Six kind of started and how it was slowly in implemented into this kind of raid versus raid combat. Mm -hmm. 
Um, very interesting. I've never played a Rainbow yeah. Six. Uh, I know they're very in-depth games. I mean, most of the Rainbow Sixes, they're they're tactical shooters, so it's it's usually like you you have you controlling yourself. So it it's it has almost a I don't want to say like a Call of Duty feel, but you are controlling your team members around you as well. So that's mm. I mean, and it, you kind of feel like it's they put that same aspect into the the new division or the new at with with the division two. So. Mm. Uh, it was really cool so just seeing how excited the developers were about their project and you know how they uh got eventually up to overall the history of Rainbow Six there has been 60 million different players mm-hmm. I don't know if it's really different players but that's what a little snippet said and I will believe them because that's I mean, what I, they told me. I mean I I believe it I mean Rainbow the, the original Rainbow Six was like one of the like first shooters I ever played on the PC you know back in the 90s and um you know i it was hard that's all i remember is that it was really really hard <laughs> that's <laughs> but i believe about it. it but it was it was a game that was it was one of those first games too that was like online i mean back in the day you know you had people who were playing either counter-strike or they were playing rainbow six so mm-hmm. uh vegas i know was a very popular one vegas and vegas too were were so popular i remember when I was working at Blockbuster and we had, you know, a couple copies for PlayStation and a couple copies for Xbox. And I mean, they were always gone. And then eventually the discs would come back. So chewed up <laughs> and we'd always get a new copy. And then two weeks later, the discs would come back. So chewed up because the games were just, they, they, they flew off the shelves all the time. And I mean, there was even a lot of my friends who, who played it kind of religiously for a while. I mean, that's why I never really got into call of duty myself. Mm-hmm. It's too, fast paced it's not really realistic it's like you you could like have your shoulder out and you get shot two times and you're dead and admittedly yeah. some of that is in rainbow six but like mm-hmm. there's a tactical side to it there you is have to think there's there a is. reason why you're dying not just because yeah. some dude is just flying around the corner and you're actually responsible for your team members, unlike in like a Call of Duty. Unless you're playing like like a multiplayer campaign with someone. Um, I mean, when you're playing Rainbow Six and you got you, your NPC, uh, you know, team with you, like they die, you got to worry about getting them back up. You can't just continue the mission without them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can't like, I can't leave them. <laughs> no soldiers left behind. Um, I don't know if you recall what came up after this, but this kind of caught me by surprise i didn't really expect this it was hyperscape yes i i did watch some of that and and it i know you are kind of hyped up about it i am just looking at it as like oh is this another overwatch Fortnite? like it's like it seems like all these these like battle royale shooters are, are, are kind, of, kind of becoming the thing and it's like every game studio has got to put one out now so i'm mean, that's like they're that's just my take on it i know you 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 were kind of hyped about it so go ahead (laughs) well it was it's it's interesting because there is a disconnect between the actual game and the first trailer they show because in the first trailer it makes it seem like there's like this gritty corporate evil going on in the world and Mm -hmm. like it's through this game that you're trying to figure this out and like people are missing when they die in the game, they're like disappearing and stuff. It was really like this deep, deep thing. Um, 
And then you find out it's a battle royale and it's got a hundred yeah. players in it and it's all about verticality, which is cool because it is a very well detailed city map they're in. Yeah, a lot I mean, of that, up and down. That part impressed me. That part impressed me, I'll admit. And and they're doing an open beta, right? For it? Or yes. It, yeah, an yes. open beta. Yeah. Wish I will be streaming on Saturday. Okay. Maybe on Friday. But on Saturday, definitely. Now, that, I mean, obviously, I'd be able to jump in there. We could play together, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. So, you heard it. I might jump on and play with with Ashton. Um, I know it's like it's a every game is worth trying. It's just I've I've never been the the Fortnite guy, um, and it's just it's like that's all I took away from that trailer when I saw it again. It's like oh come on, really An- another one? <laughs> I mean, you're fa- it's it's fair. That's a fair feeling because <laughs> the game industry chases fads like it's no one's business. Yep. Ooh, when mobas were big. How many failed MOBAs are there out there now? Like, just dead games that no yeah. one... Like, there was one I was really excited about. DC had a, a MOBA going on. And it had, like, the multiverse, like... There was, like, a Nightmare Superman and Nightmare Batman or, like, Nuclear Wonder Woman or Atomic, like, uh, Green Lantern. And they pulled from all these different storylines and it... It was very creative, and it died before it was even out, basically. And it's just, this will probably die, maybe not, who knows? But, I mean, Fortnite's around. People yeah. play Fortnite. They do. <laughs> that, that they do. Um, my uh, my kids have actually finally started diving into it since it, it runs on tablets and stuff now, too, so... <sighs> uh, I shouldn't I should I shouldn't hate on the game so much. I shouldn't. People like it, you know. I'm sure there's a lot of games that I enjoy that people probably say the game sucks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure the internet's going to come at me for saying I don't play Call of Duty. Sorry. I mean, inter- internet, I mean, you can come at me too. Like I play them, but the only ones that I've actually really played through and beat from beginning to end were Modern Warfare One and World at War, and I'm sorry. I, I know I beat. I know you. You beat World at War because World That's at War was the probably, only one probably, I beat. It's, it's probably the to me still. I mean, I haven't played some of the newest ones, but World at War is still one of the best ones. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was, it was, it was a good. Phenomenal. When they took out the campaign, too. That was kind of like the death nail. Mm-hmm. Just like immediately, I never bought anything really after world at war but you know i would be interested in deep stories like um black ops the first one yeah it's like this manchurian candidate thing kind of going on and it's like are who's your target and like there's there's mystery in it and that was also like they had zombies and like you know good games for what they were it just depended on which which studio was developing, whether if it was Infinity Ward, if it was Treyarch that was that was making the, the game at the time. So, Activision, there's like a third one. There's is there like a third? There, there's there's, there's a third, third one now. now. Yes. But do you know Activision you know what? puts all their uh, studios on all of them? Like, if you're a small studio, and you're not doing anything. You're working on the current Call of Duty. Yep. But you're gonna ask. <laughs> What's that? 
you were going to ask me some. Oh no, no, go ahead. Oh no, no, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I I have no more points after that about Call of Duty. Ah, uh, okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. I ain't got nothing else, and if I did, I forgot what it was, so I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. So after Hyperscape, I just want to take note of this. Phil Spencer is in his room. He's talking to a camera. And he's talking about the excitement he has for Xbox and the game Ubisoft games coming towards it. But this man is blinking every two seconds. <laughs> it's like a minute cut of this man just blinking constantly. And it was so distracting. Like he has like obvious bright camera lights in his face. So like, sure, I get it. But like I don't know what they were thinking. Like they recorded that beforehand and I was like, this is fine. He looks like he's having a seizure, but whatever. People are going to be paying attention to the game. They're going to be watching him. Just, I paid attention. I, like, I messaged you when I saw it. I was like, what is up with this eyeball? You did. You did. Uh, but real talk, the next game they talk about is Valhalla. Assassin's Creed. Woo! No, I'm... I'm looking forward to that one for sure. I mean, I am I'm I'm a massive fan of the series. I I know there's a lot of people that that jumped off because they were just tired of the kind of the the same scheme, you know, history-based open world game, but there is there is a deeper lore throughout the entire game series which they, you know, they definitely seem like they strayed away from, you know, what's going on outside of the historical events. Um, but I'm I'm really curious if maybe we're going to get a little bit more, you know, either during Valhalla or at the end of it. Because, you know, it, I haven't played, uh, well, I played the beginning of um, Origins, but I haven't played Odyssey or anything. And, you know, I mean, starting back with, I think... God, Black Flag. Um, you know, they got away from the whole Desmond storyline because, you know, Desmond is quote unquote dead. Um, but they got. Spoilers for a 10 year old <laughs> franchise. Um, but, um, but yeah, no. And, and it's like they kind of try to take the whole, like, oh, you know, there is no Desmond anymore. You're Desmond. You're, you are the person who's going into it. And that was the whole, the whole kind of pull that they they try to go with for for the new assassin's creed games and like it's cool i like that i just i I, like you know when we talked about this before you know there was a scene and i think in was it in brotherhood or was it revolution i can't remember it was one of the ones where they showed the the, you know adam and eve and and stuff like that oh yes yes and and it's like chased by like some robot tentacle monster behind them yeah yeah and it's like i want them to you know start diving more into the whole first people lore instead of just instead of just the artifacts and stuff that they had it's like all right you know cool apple of eden sort of eden blah 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 blah. um but outside of that with valhalla that i thought was really cool and i didn't even know this was coming was the option to choose your gender yes this was a big thing they went off about in the trailer and the following scenes was Mm -hmm. you were playing a girl most of uh in the ubisoft footage yep yep and uh you like building little settlements you're like sailing up river and along the coast kind of invading these different regions of old england and it's actually kind of cool 
It, it is. I mean, the the time period and everything where it's set is is awesome. I mean, the the game itself looks good. Um, I I was a little bit disappointed in when they actually started showing the actual gameplay um, because it is definitely dumbed down a lot from the initial shots that we saw really mm. early on, which is to be expected. But some of the shots that I saw when they were playing, I'm like, this doesn't like this looks like it's more built for ps4 than it is for ps5 now and that's what made me wonder is were they showing off all gameplay running on a ps5 you know uh, engine or were they showing ps4 gameplay i know they did announce that in terms of graphics there will be an improvement but both versions will be locked to 30 30 sps okay fps oh my god I did. I did not not know that. I mean, I mean, there was there was a, a good jump in graphics when because you could get Black Flag on PS3, yeah. and then Black Flag was actually one of the launch titles for PS4. So I had actually originally gotten Black Flag for PS3 and was playing it on PS3, and then when, when my PS4 came out, you know, that was one of the titles I had pre-ordered with my PS4, and I mean, there it definitely looks significantly better on the PS4 than it did on the PS3. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but. You know, with that being said, the PS4 is still a really, really powerful system that can push out some beautiful games. So, you know, are we going to see that drastic of a jump when it eventually makes it to the PS5? I, I think we're done with, like, the big jumps, ne- like, necessarily. Yeah. Like, the most we'll see is more objects and more fidelity, mm-hmm. not necessarily better graphics, because, like, Polycon counts are already pretty much at cap, like it's hard to make things look better than they already do. Um, besides flushing out the environments and the mechanics and like all these other things that kind of push like a uh, ghost of Shishima will have a lot of this in it where mm-hmm. the world will direct you in ways that yeah. will push you in ways versus having a fully graphical experience. Mm-hmm. And I hope that's the case in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Um, I hope so too. I mean, it's a, uh... I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Like I said, it's it's it, it's kind of a time period that I'm a big fan of. I love Vikings. <laughs> I like Vikings too. Here's here's the push for me that really made me want to get back into Assassin's Creed. All the cool stuff in Origins and Odyssey, like the weird stuff. I yeah, you fight Anubis, you yep. fight him, a dog yep. thing, yep, and you fight a Minotaur in Odyssey. Yep. Those are cool things that are like yep. locked in mythology that I really, really like. And yep. I hope that there's stuff like that, like Thor or something will come down, like a glimpse of Odin or like all this other weird stuff. And I know um, the old people, like the person who gives Minerva, gives the apple to Ezio. Like mm-hmm. technically Minerva was Nordic, I think. Maybe. I know she's a mythology god. Right. And, like, I kind of hope that there's more of that and it kind of alludes to, like, the pre-human stuff. Again, the Adam and Eve stuff. Yep. Yep. That's, that's, you know, kind of what I was referring to before. And, and, and yeah, I'm hoping they they do go back to that and give us a little bit more of that. 
Um, I think, you know, I think for them, they may be afraid to start doing that because then that means they do need to kind of put an end title in place for the entire series. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think for them, you know, it is still a series that, that, Brings in a lot of money for them. I mean, it's it's true, it's, you know. And I think for them, they're going to keep stretching it out as far as they possibly can. You know, um, I think if you, uh, go ahead. Here's the thing about Assassin's Creed, though. From the first game, there's always been this sense of a modern take, a modern pro- promise, like you would be doing this stuff in like New York City or something. Yep. And we never got there. Nope. We're still in the past, and it's fine, but, like, there should be some, like, because uh, Abstergo is this big corporation. They're the ones mm-hmm. that's making the Animus. There should be an end goal to it, and it, does, it doesn't necessarily mean you end the franchise. You could end that story point and then just start over or whatever. Give it a couple, give it a couple years rest and give it to some new team and let them be like, here, you're an assassin. Just don't, just don't reboot it. <laughs> don't reboot it. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Give well, it some time. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, finish off the series, put it down for five years, put a lot more money in your other side projects, your watchdogs, your whatever else you're building at that time, and then just start with the first assassin or something. Yeah. Like, who made the sigil? Like, all this other stuff. Maybe it's explained in Origins. I don't know. I mean, and they have other source material they can go off of, too. I mean, there's been comic books and books. I mean, there's a book where it takes place, I think, during World War One. See, that'd be cool. So, like, there's a lot of source material that they have to play with if they decide to go further with it. Um, I think, you know, their biggest challenge going forward is, like, you know, they're they're not the only game in the genre. Like, the open world thing is kind of... Um, almost every studio makes an open world game. And, it's true. And I and, love them. Yeah, me too. I mean, I love open world games. I know people will get kind of like, oh, here we go. It's an open world game with cheesy side missions. I got to collect 300, no, you I, know, I, treasure chests. I love that. I love so open do I. world games. They're so amazing. Do I. I, I love exploring. I love being able to walk around and look at the amount of work, you know, developers and designers put into making this. I mean, I was watching another video on, uh, on Gameology about they were, it was architects reacting to the uh the buildings in assassin's creed unity and they were like holy crap like this is this is awesome and it's like you know i like to appreciate that stuff i like to to walk around and and really like take it all in it was kind of funny because we were um uh, my girlfriend and i we were watching the new unsolved mysteries that's on netflix yo real quick about that there's no old dude there's no person that introduced you to stuff and it like ruins the show for me i'm just gonna say that real quick (laughs) <laughs> see it didn't it didn't bother me so much um because the the uh the overall stories that they picked were good they were really good and the i think it was like the third episode was about this uh family because this this is this unsolved mysteries takes place you know and we should be saving this the entertainment section but whatever yes, we should. <laughs> um but this uh this unsolved mysteries here instead of it just being all things happening in america they went all over the world and the third episode oh, yeah, actually yeah, takes yeah. yeah the third episode actually takes place in France. And yes, that was the last one I actually watched myself. Did you? Okay, yeah. so um, 
it was funny because like they talk about being in Versailles and then they show um I forgot the it's a palace, it's right there. It's got the big golden gate in front of it. I forgot. But I was I, I like nudged my girlfriend elbow. I climbed that Assassin's Creed. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> and then of course I got the obligatory eye roll and then she rolled over and went to sleep. <laughs> womp womp. Yep. <laughs> So at the end of the event, they uh, ended up showing off about 30 minutes of gameplay from Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And while I was watching the game, I started to think to myself, don't know if this game should be called Assassin's Creed. Oh my God, Corey. Oh my God. I was going to say that. I was literally like, this seems like another game. You could have called this like anything else. Oh my God. Because... Because I mean, there's, there's, I, I saw very little assassinations in the gameplay. Yeah, um, and like I'm, a lot of the symbol work <laughs> and stuff is different, and like it just seems like it could have been like anything else. I mean, call it, call it, call it Odin's Creed. <laughs> you could have, <laughs> like that would have worked. I mean, I, it's like I, I get it. I mean, because really, like stealthiness and assassinations weren't really a thing that Vikings did. I mean, they kind of just came at you head on with giant swords and clubs and yep. axes and stuff. So, I mean, I get the realism behind that, which is which is cool. And you also have to, you know, take into account their like what those people were wearing at the time yeah. i mean they were super weighed down by stuff so they're not being stealthy and nimble across rooftops and everything else like yeah that's going to be in the game but i like i kind of see why they didn't make that a focal point of it because you know they're vikings vikings weren't really known for being stealthy assassins but at the same time the game is called assassin's creed <laughs> They could have just like, called it Valhalla, though. Let's be they, I mean, they could have. They they really could have. So, but like, hey, they'll they'll find a way to tie it into the series somehow. And yeah, I'm sure we'll see. You know, uh, like uh, the that half hour really reminded me of like Witcher three footage. I've seen. Yeah, yeah. Um, like they have like conversational trees. You can like give multiple answers, whatever. And like, like just how you're walking around, how you're guided around. It just feels like they're going for like this bigger RPG thing. I never played Witcher three. I'm I I want to play through all of them before I do. Mm -hmm. I do have the first one and I've dabbled a little. But like from what I could tell, it just it feels like it. It feels yeah, and and that was one thing that I was kind of noticing too. Is I'm like, this this has shades of of The Witcher. Now I have played The Witcher three, haven't beaten it, um, because mm. that is a, that is another massive, massive, massive game. Big boy games. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful game, but it's it's massive. So I haven't actually had the chance to tackle it and finish it. But, I mean, yeah, that's all I really have to say about that screen. Because, I mean, we talked about it before in the beginning, and then we're talking about it again. It's Assassin's Creed. I know. People are going to get tired of hearing Assassin's Creed on our show. <laughs> well, spoiler alert. I want to play through them, everybody. So, yeah, eventually, man. episode 50, I'm going to be like, have you heard about Assassin's Creed Origins? <laughs> it is what it is. Um, but they did actually end the the show with the first trailer of um far cry 6 which whoo whoo 
that, that is was a, a messed up trailer, bro. It is a, it is a messed up yet powerful trailer. Um, I, it makes me curious about what the you know how the game is actually going to play and mm. how the story is going to unfold because you know the Far Cry games have. <sighs> I don't want to say it's humor, but it's always had this kind of underlying, like, over-the-top sense to it. Yes. And I feel like this one, they are trying to seed in somewhat realism. Um, I mean, the the, tr- the trailer, like, it was dark. It was twisted, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it was powerful. And, I mean... And granted, I know this isn't all gameplay footage and everything. I mean, it it's, might be. It's, it's, it's some, the some of the... It, lo- it it's, could be it's I mean, it could be. I mean, but how they made Giancarlo Esposito look, I have never seen any type of video game render of a real life actor look better than that. That was insane how good he looked. I mean, and they even got like all of his mannerisms and everything in his face and everything that he does. And for everybody who doesn't know who Giancarlo Esposito is, uh, he played uh, Gus Fring in Breaking Bad. Uh, he was the villain from the Breaking Bad series. Spoiler um, to everyone. Yep. <laughs> I've never seen Breaking Bad. Oh. I, that's oh. a lie. But I saw someone's <laughs> head get crushed with the ATM. That's the last thing I saw. I was like, I'm done. I need to develop. I need time for this. I don't got it. No, that was uh, that was a good series, and, and it's it's funny because like you you're seeing uh, uh, him pop up and a lot more stuff lately. I mean, he's in that. Um, he is in. Um, uh, oh God, what was it? Um, the Mandalorian. He's uh, he's in, he's at the end of season one of The Mandalorian, so he's he's getting his name out there now. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a gripping trailer too. Like it is. Like he forces his son to hold a live grenade. It's not live technically, but there's for no the entire it. for the entire duration of a six and a half minute trailer. <laughs> <laughs> there's so maybe like fif- 15 seconds at the beginning where that kid is not holding a live grenade in his hands <laughs> it's pretty it's stressful like it is and it kind of gives me this idea like what are they really trying to sell me with this this trailer and it feels like you are this kid you're gonna be this kid and you could be like your father or you could be one with the people and rebel against your father. It will probably be more the latter than the prior, but it'd be cool if it, if there was an option of both. If it was a choice. You know, you, you actually have something there, possibly, because I, I didn't even think about that. That's actually kind of cool if they do end up taking that route with the game, because um, that would make it really enjoyable. Yeah. and I like choice in game. I don't... Like, some people are like, it's a fake choice, blah, blah, blah don't make it a fake choice then just give me actual cause and effect give me consequences that are different for either side that's mm-hmm. all you have to do to make choices matter yep. and uh yeah i would probably shoot my dad probably yeah i mean you, you made me hold a live grenade when i was like 11 years old for six and a half minutes i i would literally <laughs> never forget that and i'd be like oh i'm gonna put a grenade in your pants or something oh 
No, I mean, I've, uh, I've, <clears throat> I, I like the Far Cry games. They're, they've never been games that have been like at the top of my list. Um, but this one here, I think, is going to be one I'm probably going to be grabbing at release. Mm. Um, I, it depends. It depends because this is a game like it's a CG trailer. If they do stuff that I even alluded to, even a little, I would probably buy it just to support that kind of notion because it'd be so drastically different from the the first one. Like five. Well, I mean, three and I think four are different. <laughs> I know. I know this is ridiculous, but honestly, it was it was seeing Giancarlo Esposito that kind of sold me <laughs> on it because he's become like the most amazing like villain across like movie and TV and stuff and now video games. So if I as soon as I saw him, like, oh, you sold me, you sold me. It's over with. <laughs> yeah, and that's really it. There was another thing that was post show. But it was really just like hyperscape gameplay, which yeah. we'll be showing you. So not really much to discuss. I'd much rather make it more organic for everybody. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. So, yeah, definitely be on the lookout for that. Um, you said Friday or Saturday. We'll probably be doing Friday that. Friday or Saturday, yes. Yeah, we'll definitely post up on our social media pages ahead of time. Just to give everybody a heads up um, before we do, whether if it's just going to be Ashton or if the both of us will be able to jump on at the same time and play. Mm-hmm. Either way, you're going to get some hyperscape gameplay from, from us this weekend at some point. Just so. to give you something new and fresh and something that's not grandpa games. I yeah. know. I'm old. <laughs> hey man, I'm sure there was plenty of people who enjoyed that Fallout video. You know what? I and, hope and, and Dead Space too. I, mean, I hope I will eventually continue that too. I will beat Dead Space on stream for everybody because it's yes. an easy game. I could blow that out. It's only 13 yep. chapters. Yep. Um, New Vegas. That might just be a once in a while thing. Yep. But. Yep. Fill you in, but we got more news. Oh yeah, oh yeah, because especially since you know we're talking about the weekend here, Friday, the game we've been looking forward to for a while now, Ghost of Tsushima will be dropping. Um, I've already got it pre-ordered, and I'm ready to go midnight when it launches Thursday into Friday night. Um, I cannot wait to get my hands on this game. First game from Sucker Punch Studio since uh, Infamous Second Son. Um, and the game looks absolutely incredible. Um, I've watched some more gameplay videos on it now. I even watched IGN's review of it. Um, and I am really, really excited for this game. I also have it on pre-order and I love Sucker Punch. I love the Sly games. I love Infamous. I wish I had an Infamous 3 instead of Second Son, but that's, you know, something I'm not going to let go. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm excited about it too. You know, it looks cool. It looks like I said earlier, like the wind will guide you. Yeah. Like it's like all this natural game guidance and like the UIs to a minimum. And it's just it's, you yep. versus the Mongol horde. And that's it. So the one thing that I learned while I was watching some of the reviews on it that I think is really cool is um, how you advance through the game. You actually don't get rewarded and gain like XP and stuff like that and level up your character just by beating enemies. You actually get better by perfecting your sword skills. So, yeah, so you actually get rewarded for becoming a better sword fighter, more or less. 
um, instead of just killing guys. Like you can roll through the game and just try and kill guys the best you can. But the thing is, as you progress through the game, the the, the people you fight against they get a lot harder. And if you mm. don't have the, if you don't possess those sword skills to take them down, it's going to be really hard to to do. Um, that was so. one of the key things I heard about the game too. Is yeah. The, difficulty not like on a souls or sekiro level but just no. you know challenging it's not gonna hold your hand and stuff no and then that's the thing it's 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 a different take on it because it's like you know most most of the open world games you know it's you take your character through and you beat up some bad guys and then he gets stronger from just beating up the bad guys no it's like you really got to work for your upgrades in this one you can't just hack and slash to your games there's going to be strategy in how you're going to approach specific enemies granted it's not going to be like trying to sit there and memorize every pattern like you do in a souls game but still it is nice to see a different type of reward system for your gameplay um i thought and like you said too the minimal hud just so you can actually really experience like the beautiful beautiful detail that they put into this world um you know for people who don't know the game is set in feudal japan during the mongol invasion um the characters themselves are fictional but the events um that around it are true um uh, i mean it's it, it looks gorgeous it seems like they captured the time period perfectly so after watching some of the videos and some of the reviews and everything uh, and reading comments from people and feedback and everything like that, um, it seemed that people were expecting more of a stealth aspect to this game. And while there is a little bit of stealth to it, it there's that's not the main focus of it. The main focus is getting in there into those like face-to-face -face battles with your foes i mean granted there's going to be times where you have to sneak around camps and everything because they showed that in the video mm -hmm. but there's not a lot of stealth options it's not like assassin's creed where there's multiple different points where you can stealthily take someone out and see, um, that's that's <clears throat> odd to me because like even the title itself ghosts of shishima like it kind of implies that you're not you know you're going to be there but you're not there kind of thing like that stealth would be a focus point. And it's a little surprising to hear this because I didn't know this at all either. And I get where you're coming from on that, but it's more or less, it was kind of like the, the nickname they gave to him because he was a samurai who actually did stuff outside of the samurai code. He employed some ninja practices into what he did. Like he had throwing, he has kunai and throwing knives and stuff like that. Um, so, He's not your standard samurai for the time period, and I think that's where you're going to get the little bit of the stealth aspect from. But mm. he is—he is a samurai, like that's what he is. Samurai are not stealthy. Ninjas are stealthy. Samurai mm. are not. You know, samurai face their opponent. You know, right down the face. It's you know, honor the Bushido thing, so. code. Right, you cannot right. break it. Exactly, and I mean the game from you know what I've seen so far seems like it has a crazy Akira Kurosawa feel. Um, there's even a mode that I found out where you can play the game in black and white. Black and white, <laughs> yep, yep. It's, uh, um, it's supposed to be like a uh, oh my god, the name escapes me. It's a certain old school samurai type of film. Um, the name is not returning to me, but. It is a style that I think it's even called the style I'm trying to think of, like in game. Yeah, I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, one of the other Shimbara? cool things that might be it. That does yeah. sound familiar. That might be it. 
Um, but one of the other things that they showed off that the game is going to have that I am kind of looking forward to taking advantage of um, was something that was really popular in The Last of Us, and that was the photo mode. Um, mm-hmm. where you could take some really, really like dynamic photos of your in-game play. But they put a little twist on this. You can take photos, but then you can make you can add animations to your photos or make wherever your photo take place animate. So say you were standing in one of those fields with all the flowers and the cherry blossoms mm-hmm. blowing around everywhere. You can capture the photo of your still movement and like you slicing down enemies, but then the trees and stuff and the grass will still be waving in the background. That's cool. Yeah, and it's it's really neat. And you can put all different types of filters and everything on it. So the photo mode is going to be something really cool to play around with. And they put a lot of tools and stuff to, to edit things. But, I mean, some of the captures that they put alone in there, like there were some where he's like slicing through like two guys at the same time. There's like this massive blood streak that just stays in the air. But there's like this night sky with birds flying by in the background. And the grass is waving and the trees are waving. And there's just this blood streak just hanging in the air right there. <laughs> that's super cool i've always liked fo- like the concept of photo mode because it's mm-hmm. just extra content that honestly how much work really goes into it compared to the other uh facets of a game yep but i've only ever played with one really and that was infamous 2 and i was in there boy yeah i forgot infamous 2 had the photo mode too i forgot mm-hmm. about that yep it was a good time I loved it. But um, I think I mentioned before that once uh, Ghosts come out, I I will be streaming some of my Ghosts gameplay. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to cover all of it, but I definitely want to share it with you guys out there so you can check it out and see if it's a game that it's going to be worth playing for you or not. I will just be playing it, and I will be <laughs> playing it like a mad dog. <laughs> will I get the platinum? Probably not. Don't, don't, no words. Yeah, I'm, I haven't even tried to look up yet to see um, any trophy guides or trophy difficulties or anything like that. I think I just want to enjoy the game experience first before I worry about grinding out for any trophies. Uh, on that one um based on the two reviews that i watched um it does say the game probably is, will take about 50 to 60 hours to complete fully so lots of gameplay lots of content you know seems to me seems pretty average for for you know triple a open world games these days it actually feels <laughs> like 60 hours is actually more i feel like a lot of open worlds like nowadays are focused on smaller maps and packing them full of stuff versus having expansive maps with barely anything on them. Yep. Uh, the one thing that they did say, though, is that the like the side quests in this are actually, like, they're really good to do. They're really fun. They change up a lot, and they actually add a lot to the story that's happening in the game itself. So it's not quite to the level of playing like Souls or Bloodborne where you where you have to explore to actually understand what the hell is going on in the game. Even even then, you're not even going to do the quests. I don't know what you're talking about, Corey. There's so much just nonsense bullshit that you have to do in those games. How anyone figured them out, I don't know. Um, I'm I'm not gonna lie. Like blood Bloodborne for me took a guide eventually. <laughs> like I had there were certain parts. I'm like, all right, YouTube, here we go. <laughs> it's like nonsense. <laughs> yeah, hopefully but, there's none of that, and it's a little bit more no, clear cut. No, 
No, I mean, it, it definitely does feel, especially like the character models and stuff like that, it definitely feels like a sucker punch game. If the, just the way everything is designed and laid out, it's like, oh, this is, this is kind of like infamous set in feudal Japan, just by the way everything looks. I mean, even how they, how they laid out like the mission challenges on the screen, mm-hmm. like it, it all feels, it's kind of infamousy a little bit. Um, you know what? You know what this game makes me excited about? That? The studio is no longer working on a game. They can make Infamous 3. Just True. Kidding. I am excited about that. If they ever do that. Just, it'd be cool. That would be really cool, actually. I'd be excited for an Infamous 3. That's for sure. I mean, I like Second Son, and I even like the First Light expansion. The First Light expansion was really good, too. Um, yeah, it was good. They're, they're solid games, but, like, but, Cole McGrath is such yeah. a good character. Char- yeah, he is. Yes. Like in the comic book stuff they did in one and two, and like just the story. I love it. No, well, it'd be it'd be cool for them to to go back and, and re explore Cole, you know. Take a little take a little jump back in time again, you mm-hmm. know. So who knows? Like maybe they could maybe they could make another game that kind of messes with the uh you know, the events of the first one. Like I think that'd be cool. Like these games that have like, like you're eventually the, have like you like, his name was? Uh, Kessler. Yes, like you yeah. were the Kessler. Yeah, like something like that. Like I, I always thought, like these games that like eventually took on like time and everything. Like that. It's like why not create a game where like you're going back to like the first chapter again and like everything is completely blown out. You know, that would be super cool. You know, because I would gladly go through and explore the world in the first Infamous again. <laughs> Within a, in a heartbeat, I, I oh. love it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a good PS3 classic. If I could share it with you, world, I would. It's so good. <laughs> but while we're on the topic of going back in time, Atari. Ooh. <laughs> All right, people. <laughs> Ash is going to break I'm, it down here. <laughs> I'm going to break this down for you. It is called the Atari VCS, right? And it's like... It's an Atari, but like modern. It's got wood paneling on it. You could, you know, play any Atari game digitally. Yay. And you could play music and movies and stream on it. Woo. It's going to be $400. Yeah. So when I first saw this, I'm like, oh, actually, like this thing seems kind of cool. I didn't know anything about the price tag um, and I didn't watch any videos on it. I just saw the little the, the website for the uh, it was crowdfunded. Um, in order for them to make it, they actually started crowdsourcing it back in 2018. They had a goal of like $2.9 million and they ended up raising 3.3 to, to get it done. Um, overall, like the design and you know, what it's meant for it looks, it, it looks, looks great. Cool. It yeah. looks really, really cool. I think for them, like, you know, they weren't trying to go after the next gen market. They were trying to capture the popularity of like, I mean, like, look at what happened when the mini Nintendo came out, the mini Super exactly. Nintendo, the mini PlayStation. Like, people ate those things up. They sold out like crazy. So, like, there is a market for the retro gaming world out there now. And, you know, there are certain companies that want to jump on it. And, you know, I was shocked to see that, you know, hey, Atari is back. And then I actually started watching a little bit more about it and what it was and what it could do. And certain aspects of it are cool. And, mm-hmm. and the one thing that they showed off was like, oh, it's going to be capable of playing, you know, 4K games at 60 FPS and everything like that. But they didn't show off any games that could do that. No. Exactly. And, you know, and I only like, saw it, Atari games. Like, exactly. Ooh. 
and and most of them were just the classic Atari games, and a couple of them were were revamped to look you know more colorful and add a mm-hmm. little bit of like depth yeah. and three D and everything to it. But there was nothing that really you know stood out that much about the system. And then I read about it, it's like, oh okay, well it's you know it's got a Ryzen chip in it, and it's supposed to be a PC as well. And I'm like, oh okay, well that's cool. It's going to be a PC as well. Yeah, but it runs Linux. Now, there's nothing wrong with Linux. Linux is an amazing operating system, but unfortunately, if you're a PC gamer, you, Linux, you're pretty much it's out. It's the most it. useless option there is. Right, right. There's a reason people use Windows. Exactly. Because everyone so, uses Windows. <laughs> um, I mean, don't worry, I, I love Linux. Linux is, is, is an awesome operating system, especially if you know how to use it and customize it. And, and it's, I mean, it's mm-hmm. fast and it uses virtually no memory on your computer to operate. Mm-hmm. So Linux, Linux is a, is a great operating system. Is it an operating system built for gaming? No, no. it is not. Um, not even so for I don't, the common person. So I don't understand why they why they went with with that as an option for it. I mean, okay, so cool. You basically now have a a desktop in inside your your video game system where you can you know go on the internet and check your email and. Maybe play some certain little online games, but mm-hmm. it's you know, but you know, going to what you said, Ashton, it's almost four hundred dollars. That's the price of a possible PS4 like digital, right? That's a PS. I mean, a PS5, a PS5 digital, right? You could be, you could buy two good games and a PS4 for that price right now. So I, I don't see that price point settling well um, once the game comes out and what i thought was really dumb is like they're releasing the console as just a console with Mm. no controller with it at all like you can buy you can buy it for it's it ends up being like i think it's like 280 dollars you can get it for and it comes with no controllers so i'm like but who's gonna buy that like they're just gonna get it for the purpose to like watch netflix like nobody's gonna buy it for that. Like you're gonna get the package that comes with the controllers. Um, you know what I thought was kind of cool. You know they they upgraded the old school Atari joystick and then they yeah, added they, a they they added an Xbox 360 esque yes, controller. I saw that one. Um, you know so like a lot of it's, cool stuff. A lot of no, very genuinely it, cool stuff. The general features of the system are great, and especially for someone who's into the retro stuff. But at a four hundred dollar price point. No way. Mm-mm. No way at all. Mm-mm. So with that being kind of the big news with, okay, that's going to be the next retro thing, um, I did a little bit more you know, research into it and come to find out they actually have a competitor coming out uh, along fall, uh, in this fall. And Intellivision is coming back. Um, I, I was blown away when I, I read that and in television is being brought back by, um, guy by the name of Tommy Tellerico. Um, I don't think you're familiar. I think we, we talked nope. about him before and, and you're not familiar with him, but Tommy Tellerico goes all the way back to the old tech TV days. And then eventually into G4, he was one of the hosts in the electric playground, which is a really popular show on, on G4 between before like attack of the show and stuff like that became the big shows on G4. Um, after he left G4, he started his own 
gaming gaming company, and he is also the composer, conductor, and everything for the video games live orchestra. The orchestra that goes and tours around the country, and they it's a big orchestra that just plays theme songs from video games and and level songs from video games. And he's the dude who's up there conducting it, and then sometimes he'll pull out his electric guitar, and you know, like I remember you know during the Final Fantasy songs here, the orchestra, and all of a sudden he pulls out the electric guitar and he's wailing on that, and um, did it during the Castlevania ones. So like the Castlevania mm-hmm. ones were awesome. Um, but uh, he is the CEO of the new Intellivision company, and it you know he he was the one who started the whole. All right, you know Atari's coming back. We're gonna bring we're gonna bring Intellivision back now. I don't think that his project was crowdfunded like the um, yeah. like the Atari was, um, but. With this Intellivision, it's very similar to the original Intellivision, which was a competitor to the Atari back in the 70s, um, where you're going to have a console and it's going to come with uh, two controllers. Um, the the old controllers on the old Intellivision were basically it was like a turn dial. It almost looked like it almost looked like a little phone in your hand, but there was a big turn dial wheel at the bottom of the controller, and then the buttons looked like phone buttons. They were numbered buttons at the top. With the new Intellivision coming out, the controllers look the same, but in replacement of where the buttons were is actually a touchscreen. Um, the cool. yeah, and it's kind of funny because you remember the VMUs on the Dreamcast? Yeah, 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 yeah. I love. Those okay, things. so so imagine like a VMU that's like cell phone size and has a turn dial on the bottom of it. That's essentially kind of what it looks like. Now, granted, visually, it's going to look better than a VMU did on the screen. Don't don't, don't you hate? <laughs> I'm don't not the, VM, the the VMU. The VMUs were awesome. <laughs> it was a, a masterpiece. I don't know. I will fight you, internet. <laughs> um but the cool thing that they did is the games on there can support up to eight controllers well certain games on there can support up to eight players and eight controllers they're not forcing you to go out and buy extra controllers they got a free app you can download it'll turn your phone into a controller and it'll work just as well as those controllers um that's cool the controllers themselves operate on the same wireless charging as your cell phone does. So you can charge them on any wireless charger. So if you don't, if you have extra controllers and you know you want to charge them at the same time, if you want to charge a system, you can use any wireless charging adapter to charge those controllers. And then they also have um, a, I think it's a USB-C input in case you do need to plug them in That's to charge them cool. up. But Here's the cool thing. The system itself is going to come preloaded with pretty much almost every single Intellivision game. Um, there's an, there was another game system that came out back then that wasn't as popular, but they included the entire library from that game system. And then on top of that, they have the entire 150 Atari game library on this system. That's this a lot system, of games. It is. I mean, there's, there's going to be like over 400 games preloaded on in the system some of them have been updated to look more modern and everything like that that's cool the system itself is going to have multiplayer online play it's going to have its own trophy achievement system built in it's going to have old school leaderboards like you know you used to see on arcade games and stuff and it's going to come at the low price point of 120 bucks that's how much something like this should cost Atari, just to let you know. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. And the fact that the Intellivision is going to come out with the entire Atari library on it. Who yeah. the hell is going to go buy this, this system, you know, for $400 when the competitor is basically coming out with the same product and more for m- more than less than half the price? <laughs> even if that wasn't the case, even if there wasn't this masterpiece of old school gaming coming out, 
who would still buy the Atari for that much money? No, I mean, like, I think I think for a lot of people, it's it's going to be more of a collector's item because with yeah. it being with it being crowdsourced, I am curious how many units they are actually going to produce and put out there. So this could be one of those things where it's like they know it's going to be oh, okay. It's a one and done type deal, and once they're mm. gone, they're gone. So that could be factoring into why the prices is, is the way it is. But at the same time you know you got to look at this as an opportunity to bring something back you mm-hmm. know this this is an opportunity i mean like i'm sorry like you, you talk they talk about oh it's going to stream 4k 60 fps games eventually but you didn't show me any games like why am i going to spend 400 dollars on this when i can go drop 100 bucks and get a, a chromecast ultra and a controller and play google stadia and play you know modern games on that like what you're, you're not doing anything to to That's sell true. The system, like aside from the fact that it has some modernized retro games on it, and I can go on the internet and go on Netflix. Like, <laughs> Here, here's the thing: you brought up a good point. This somehow makes the Stadia an option that's better than this. Because, mm-hmm. like, no offense to anyone who likes it or have used it, the Stadia. I'm surprised it still exists. Because, oh my god. And, like, that's it. I'd much rather play Stadia than, like, this, like, $400 eventual wait. Because the novelty will eventually wear off. I'm not going to use it for what it wants me to use. I already have a bit, like, cool PC. I have all the modern consoles. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was... I was a, I was actually I was actually a tester for the Stadia, and um, I got a free copy of Assassin's Creed Odyssey to play mm. on there just to you know to see it. And granted, when it first was on, like it was buggy as hell, like it lagged mm-hmm. like crazy, and it wasn't great. I went back to it, you know, a couple months ago because the beta was uh, going to be closed. Um, even though the, the Stadia had already been out, they kept the beta open for for certain people who still had it because I mean we got a free copy of the game, you know, um, but. You know, ever since they worked out a lot of the tweaks and everything, it, it was it was good. It was it was really good. I was actually impressed by it, especially for the fact that you you know for less than one hundred and fifty bucks you can play a good portion of modern day games. So you know, I thought that that you know that's it's not perfect. It definitely the service isn't perfect. Mm-hmm. It, it has it has its issues. But for somebody who's on a tight budget and just wants to experience a little bit of current gen and possible next gen gaming, I mean that's fair. That's fair you know, right there. So, like, I'm sorry, but Atari is doing nothing right now to win anybody over by charging $400 for a console where you're not even showing off its full capabilities. So, and, and like, you know, the, again, I go back to, like, they're toting the whole 4K and, like, how? What's going to be an actual 4K? Like Asteroid. Asteroid, yeah. Centipede. <laughs> you, obviously, I, I, those classic I, games. I can go back and play Pitfall. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, so it's, I don't know. Like, I'm all for the retro gaming coming back. It, um, it's it's cool to see, you know, these games getting into the hands of people who have never known they existed. I mean, you know, we wouldn't we wouldn't be the gamers we are today without experiencing some of those games when we were younger. And so I That's think it's kind of I think it's kind of cool that, you know, younger people are going to get to experience them. I just don't think you need to charge kids four hundred dollars in order to do that. Mm-mm. That's a big <laughs> no, no. At most, I would say a reasonable price would probably be two hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Two two hundred at most just because if if it. 
like especially if they expand the capabilities of the PC option. I mean, because mm. when I when I first saw the PC option, oh, it's going to be like an Nvidia Shield. That's what I thought it was going to yeah, be yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh no, it's not. It's not that at all. <laughs> so, but you know, like I said, I mean, there is a market for retro gaming. Um, you know, and and I think you know they had they had good intentions. I guess I think yeah. part of it is they just got greedy and yeah. were you know really kind of hoping that the the hype behind the system you know would kind of try try to push the sales and so we'll just have to wait and see when when both of those consoles launch this this uh it's late late fall they're coming out right it's like late late october early so. november yeah yeah because yeah, yeah. i think i think the uh i think the intellivision is like 10 20 it is coming out so it sound it seems like a bad idea to release anywhere near this Christmas because you know oh yeah yeah there's next <laughs> gen coming out <laughs> like but needless to say speaking of games or gaming things that cost a lot a lot of money I know where you're you, going this one <laughs> do you hear about this Mario Brothers? Sealed, sealed, sealed game in the box, never touched. Rated fourteen thousand dollars. Yep, that's right. Mm-hmm. So much money, and like that's amazing. But like, damn. So I think the biggest thing that played into that was that it was near mint. Yes. Um, the the condition of the box and everything. I mean, it was rated a nine point four. And for mm-hmm. any any listeners out there who are comic book collectors or just collectors in general, you know nine point four is a crazy scale for anything to be on. Um, it's uh, so it it was it was a pristine condition uh, Super Mario Brothers cartridge. $114,000 worth? I know. I don't know. <laughs> no, but, but it but, is the most expensive game that's ever um, been bought now. I, I mean, which yeah, I guess is fair. I mean, because you, you got to consider, like, don't nobody should take any credit away from Mario. Like, without without Nintendo, without Mario, I, I don't think you... Gaming wouldn't you, be what it would be. No, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be. I mean... They're, they're, they're the ones that saved the industry after the crash caused mm-hmm. by Atari and yep. its ilk. So, like... Yep. Grandpa yep. Mario? Yeah, he's cool. And I also want to go to Super Mario World or Super Mario Park, whatever they're calling it. <laughs> I can't wait to go. That'd be fun. I know I wanna <laughs> we've got the uh we've got a go-kart track over um over the, the, the falls here to from Buffalo to Canada. Um they have basically this this parking garage that they redesigned into a real life like Mario Kart type track. <laughs> super super cool when i was in japan uh that was also a thing that just mm-hmm. you could rent costumes and just go kart around the streets of like akihabara and you just be like yo it's mario and bowser i'm gonna go eat some shawarma i guess whatever just gonna just gonna grab a bunch of bananas and drop in the middle of the street and see what yeah. happens <laughs> but, you know, no it's cool no, uh, yeah, it, 114000 is is a, is a hefty price, but it's like you got to compare it to just what other things are out there that collectors love. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you can go back to Star Wars, and I think it was like Han Solo's, his his blaster sold for like 500000 at an auction. So That's like, a there's, lot. 
It is. It is. So I think when it comes to like certain items, especially when there's a rarity behind it, you know, people got the money, they're going to pay it. And, you know, the more and more Mario ages, I mean, Mario was, was a launch game with the system in what, 1984, 1985. So, you know, you put that into perspective of time now, that's, that's an aged game. Like, like very. And for somebody to be able to keep a box in that pristine of condition to receive a 9.4 rating, I mean, collectors who got the money are going to jump all over that. I'm going to break down how the pricing works on this for everybody. 100,000 of that was literally just because the box was in such good condition. It's not even the game inside. It's not even, it's the box. Boxes Mm -hmm. can get you so much money if you've kept them in good condition. Yep. Yep. And it's like, I looked at all the pictures of that they put up of that one. And it's like, even I was blown away by how pristine condition yeah. it is. There's like one little slight nick in one of the corners just from mm-hmm. like rattle. And you're just like, that looks like they made it yesterday. Yep. And it's cool. That's really cool. Yep. yep. Congratulations, Nintendo and Mario. <laughs> or congratulations to the, to the dude who just made 114K off his game. <laughs> also that dude. Congrats to you. But no, I mean it's it it's it's neat to see you know even though this was just an auction you know it's neat to see some of the older games you know getting getting put back on the stage again and you know getting into like I said younger people's hands and everything because it's it's neat. I mean it's nice to even see my kids playing some of the retro games and stuff mm-hmm. I'm never I'm never going to give them one hundred and fourteen thousand dollars to go buy a game but no, it's no. it's cool um, but. No, you know, I, I'm I'm kind of happy that you know we're seeing retro games getting re-released, and not everything is being rebooted or remade. Um, mm-hmm. There's, I mean, there's nothing wrong with with reboots and remakes. Um, in in fact, there's quite a few games that I actually love to see rebooted or remade, um, especially coming from the original PlayStation um, that I would love to see come back again. Um, I know one of them that I absolutely love was uh, Tenchu. I want to see Tenchu I come back. I never played Tenchu. So Tenchu was like one of those ones that was like the original stealth game. <laughs> um, and oh, I pl- yes. I know the series. I know what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, there wasn't a ton of story to it. There was a little bit. Um, but I just thought the mechanics and the gameplay and like how you really had to be good at, you know, being stealthy mm-hmm. uh, and, and you had to be a ninja and the whole game was about ninjas um, but uh, that uh, that's one game that I would love to see kind of come back in some way or fashion um, because I mean it was it was a PlayStation only title um, mm-hmm. and I think you know I think if Sony can kind of go back into their old catalog of, of PS1 franchises and kind of reboot those and remake those again from the PS5, I think you'll get a pretty positive response. Like, that's that's those are the games that I personally would love because there's... I'm a big RPG player, for one. I love mm-hmm. good story and leveling up, grinding out, seeing my characters get stronger and stronger. And Sony owns the rights to some really good rpgs and mm-hmm. i would love to see them come back bring back wild arms or remake oh, yeah. the ps2 one they did of the first one bring mm-hmm. bring just put it on ps4 i don't care let me play it it's good legend of dragoon oh yeah i didn't even think about that i didn't even think about that <laughs> i think technically they also own legend of lagaya 
I think technically the first one was made by them, but either all these great RPGs that are just yep. locked. To and if we want to, if we want to jump ahead to PS2, like how about we do another Dark Cloud? Yo, I love Dark Cloud. My brother loves Dark Cloud. I'm like, yeah, I love it. No, he loves it. That was a good game. It was, you could get a slingshot that would talk to you. <laughs> No, that'd be another one that I, I I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, kind of brought back again. I realize, you know, P, PS2 is, it, it's old now. PS2 is old. <laughs> it, is, it is old. It's still um, the number one console to my knowledge. Is it really? I'm pretty that, sure it still is. That, that wouldn't surprise me. Um, outside of the RPGs, uh, an original PlayStation title that I think I would love to see rebooted again is Jet Moto. Oh, that'd be cool. It's like I know we got we kind of got we we kind of got Wipeout, but it was I don't know I felt like Wipeout I never was, liked Wipeout. I never Wipeout liked Wipeout was was fun, but I I would have rather seen like Jet Moto. Jet Moto would have been a lot cooler to to come back again. I mean, if we're talking about PS2, Ratchet and Clank's around. Where, where's Jack and Dexter? Where's, yeah. Where's like the other era of like platformer dudes that were exclusive to the PlayStation Two? That's very true. That's very true. And it's funny because it's like you see them like constantly repackaging Jack and, and the Jack and Daxter series and selling it on, you know, the Vita and the PS4. Mm-hmm. And they've repackaged it and remastered it so many times. It's like, why isn't there a four? Or just, you know, a reboot or like reimagine, whatever. Call it what you want. There's nothing really... Sadly enough, nothing really on PS3 where I'm like, yeah, they should bring that back. There's no. good games on there. We were talking about Infamous. That'd be cool. But like, I don't know. I think a lot, lot. I, I think a lot of the franchises that they established with the PS3 either, you know, moved on or they're still kind of fresh. I mean, you know, mm. the main the main franchises they basically established with the PS3 were Uncharted and Infamous. Now can That's true. And you we know, have what, Uncharted 4. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't remember there being anything else on the PS3 that really stood out that, you know, necessarily needs to be brought back again. No, maybe, maybe, really. maybe, maybe I'm missing something. And any listeners out there, if you think of anything that was on the PS3 that was like a, a an exclusive that needs to be rebooted or brought back, please let us know because I can't, I can't think of anything else. PS3 was a good system, but it definitely didn't live up to the standards that the PlayStation 1 and the PlayStation 2 set. But did you know it did win that generation of console wars because it sold more than the 360? Yep. By like a million. Yep. No, I mean, the cool system, I know that the system was, was riddled with problems when it first came out, but then once they got their act together, you know. Once they got to the first Slim, they were just printing money. Yep. I think one thing that really hurt them, too, was just the lack of not being able to play PS2 games. Yeah, but my original PS3 did. The original, yeah. <laughs> and then it died. And then yours died. And then yep. another friend of ours died. I took all those dead carcasses and made the Frankenstation. <laughs> That's right. It's, you said I forgot about that. <laughs> it's still out there in the world. And it's still playing Netflix. <laughs> That's awesome. I totally forgot about that. Yep. 
<laughs> yeah, the, the old 60 gig. That's what it was. The 60 mm-hmm. gig was the launch system. That heavy, heavy machine. <laughs> oh, so many mistakes were made. So many mistakes. $600. Yeah, I mean, some, some would say it, it might have been a little bit of a poor investment, but you know what? It wasn't a poor investment. Sony what? investing $250 million into Epic Games. Why? So I, th- I don't think that it's going to result in them getting like exclusives or anything like that. I think more or less it is going to lead to them just being able to bring in more money in general um, to be able to produce more stuff. Um, it does seem like there was uh, another company that, that holds stakes in, in Epic Games, and the, I mean, like they're making a crap ton of money off of it just just because Epic Games, you know, created and, and runs Fortnite. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess it's a little weird that Sony's going to be, you know, investing so much money into a game studio that is a multi-platform developer. Well, here, um, here's the thing, though. Here's something you're not. They make Unreal. Mm-hmm. They make Unreal Engine. It could be a, a investment to get better optimizations for their next engine that they're releasing, like that demo tech demo they showed. Um, it's a poss- I mean, it's it's a possibility. I mean, I'm not going to say you're wrong there. I think, you know, I do think that it was more of a of a push just to hold stake in the company um, because the company is doing so well right now. Um, yeah. I was reading it. I was reading an article about it, and I guess like their partnership with Epic Games is, is supposed to go beyond just the gaming aspect. They're going to be, you know, utilizing them for multiple levels of entertainment through Sony. So, um, you know, but you do make a good point with them having the Unreal Five engine. Um, that's going to be something that you know I think Sony is going to really want to be able to dive into and mm-hmm. kind of have like first dibs on how to how to work with things. Because uh, like. Um with the ps5 coming out they took the initiative of taking all their first parties and putting them under one master house called playstation studios Mm -hmm. so it would make sense for sony to put in an investment to get some groundbreaking tech that all their studios could have a piece of so everyone would have conformity and i really like that about how they're pushing their developers to be like this one brand of quality yep. versus being like oh this one makes kind of shitty games this one yep. you know is you know that's cool no, i mean it was definitely news that that caught me by surprise because like you said I mean, it's it's very rare that you're going to see one specific company especially one that manufactures consoles invest in another company that's going to be making stuff for other consoles yeah um, so that part, you know, kind of caught me by surprise, but hopefully it's something that ends up working out in Sony's favor because that's a lot of money that they invested into it. And quarter sh- billion dollars, quarter a quarter billion dollars, and they only they only ended up getting like one point four percent of of the um, the shares of the company. So like that's it, one point four percent for two hundred. Yeah, <laughs> for how 200- much is their company worth? <laughs> I you know that's 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 a good question. <laughs> Should look that up right now. Um, oh, that's but crazy. That's crazy. yeah, like I don't know. All right, so fifteen to eighteen billion—that's a lot of money. But then you think about the percentage they got, and like that's they like paid 
five times as much, if not more, on Ooh. what technically they, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know business. I'm not a businessman. I talk to you about video games and I watch anime. I'm a yeah. simple man. So Epic Games was valued at around $825 million at the time that Tencent took them over. Um, and then, you know, when Fortnite came out, that just they, they just blew it out of the water. I didn't so, know that Tencent owned them. Yeah, uh, and it was funny because like Tencent came in and like with very little money, and now they have like I think it's like forty percent stake of the company. <laughs> I don't like Tencent as a whole. Mm-hmm. I think it's gross how everyone's getting that sweet Tencent money. It's you know not cool. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I mean, I agree with you there, but hey, it's 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 money, so I get it. Business hopefully, the businesses. <laughs> businesses are businesses, you know, and hopefully, this is a wise business decision from uh, from Sony, um, you know, because it's there's a lot. It seems like there's a lot of change coming on the uh, on the horizon for Sony as a whole. Like they seem to be expanding outside of just you know being a I mean, obviously, they make TVs and stereos and stuff like that. But as far mm-hmm. as like the game, the gaming and entertainment world, they're definitely trying to expand and reach more people. Because um, we actually just found out that Horizon Zero Dawn will be the first PlayStation title that is going to be dropping on PC. The first first party one. Yes, they yes. had uh, Death Stranding was announced, and that's more of like a second party, aka yeah. uh, the publisher or mm-hmm. develop like a. Uh, machine house like sony will pay another group to make something specific to them and they're allowed to do with what it after a certain contract third party is obviously a third party company just making whatever game for whoever yep just so everyone's clear on that and um this opens the door to a lot of games that are just specific on a ps4 or ps3 and like, I feel like this this is kind of an area where Microsoft has kind of had the extra edge over Sony because there's been a lot of their games that have been, you know, hey, I can play it on my Xbox or I can go on my PC and go into the Xbox store and get it on my PC and, and play it there. There's a lot of, of, of cross-play between the two. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with the Sony games, you know, you, you were stuck playing on your PlayStation. And nothing wrong with that. You know, if you're a hardcore console gamer, you like your consoles everything. But mm-hmm. I think, you know, if you want to reach a broader market and a broader audience, you, you got to start getting your content out there, to more than just the machine in terms of consoles versus uh pc owners or pc gamers if you take the whole group of consoles together pc gamers still outnumber them by a mm-hmm. huge margin like it's ridiculous how many pc gamers there are versus console gamers as a whole mm-hmm. and it makes sense to get involved with them i want bloodborne on pc I oh, want, that that would be amazing. <laughs> I want God of War. I want any game. Give me Spider Man. I don't care. Give me bring it. No, I mean, I mean any any game. Uh, like you said, honestly, any game. You know, bring it bring it to the PC and 
Like I said, it's only going to help Sony in the long run. Yeah, I don't yeah. think you're going to. I don't think you're going to take away from your console sales at all. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, as much as I'm, I'm not anymore. There are still console elitists out there, and there are still PC elitists, the, the AKA Master Race. <laughs> is it the Master Race though? I, I is, uh, and I, I let them live in their little world. <laughs> there, there's a meme out there where it's like. <laughs> PC Master Race is better than consoles. Is it? Is it? Is it? Is the console better than your PC? Is your PC better than the console? Mm-hmm. Not as a whole. Is nope. yours probably yep. not? Let's probably be not. real. No, and I'm not unless you had like three grand to drop. <laughs> exactly. I spent uh, probably collective two grand on my computer. Yeah, it's better than a PS4. But you know what? When a PS5 comes out, it's probably gonna be the same um maybe maybe more maybe less <laughs> maybe um maybe. i th- i thought them picking horizon as the first game to do that was actually a really smart choice um just because the game itself is is amazing um and uh you know i th- i think that the overall how the game is played is going to fit for PC uh, mm-hmm. over certain games. Um, it's going to be, you know, a, a great game you can play on, you know, with, with a mouse and keyboard or a controller connected um, just because of the amount of options that are, that are in the game while you're playing. Um, I do think that them putting the first game at, with a female protagonist is kind of mm-hmm. a big thing. Um, you know, there are, there's a massive, massive growth in female gamers out there now. Um, it was like, crazy interesting uh i was reading actually that asia makes up for 48 percent of the entire video game market all all of asia a lot it is 19 percent of that is female so almost half of the asian pop of the the asian gaming population is female female. so you know and that's again like you know uh this show here that we're doing, uh, one thing I want to do is remove the stigma around video games being just for kids or being for lazy people or anything like that, you know, or just or just for boys, you know. Like there are so many awesome, awesome, awesome girl gamers out there, and I know that the, the term girl gamer is kind of thrown around as is you know kind of offensive at times and not uh, i try to skew away from it but you know female we're all gamers they're just we, we don't we don't need to have the label of boy gamer girl gamer Here, we're all gamers here's an interesting statistic for you as you mentioned the female gamers in this that refers to console or console or pc gaming but did you know as a whole women play more games than men anyways because mm-hmm. they're more likely to play puzzle games on their phone yep. or any various little small game. Yep. And it's like, it's been that way for like 20 plus years. Yep. And it's just, it's a weird stigma. This like, just like games are games. Like everyone can enjoy them just like how anyone can enjoy movies. Exactly. Or TV. It's, it's a medium. People consume content. I'm sorry, everybody. Yeah, no, and that, that's exactly it, you know. And and it is nice to see like the video games have become 
more mainstream. You don't see as much mm-hmm. hating on them. I, you know, I was, I was starting to get a little bit disheartened with the the current state of the world, and you know, we're starting to see things. Oh, we got certain video games like Grand Theft Auto out there now teaching these kids to be violent and riot and protest. No, no, like let's let's not Here, go down that rabbit thing. hole. <laughs> uh, no, we're we're gonna. I'm gonna say this real quick. <laughs> okay, that's a stupid study. That's a stupid thing to say because there's been multiple studies that say that's not even connected. Video game violence doesn't. It's just like I watch violent movies doesn't make mm-hmm. me a violent person. And once again, yep. it's it's just scapegoating. It's like a lot of these notions come from older people than us who mm-hmm. are very disconnected by uh, with tech. Like, yep. think of all the people in Senate. Did you know most of those people don't even have smartphones? Just I didn't a little. Know that. Yeah. <laughs> but but why am I not surprised? <laughs> yeah, because they're all old. <laughs> but and, you know, it's 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 cool to to see you know that the that there is not just a rise in, in female gamers, but just gamers in general. And you know, I think that them putting Horizon out because you know it doesn't matter to me. The protagonist could be a girl, it could be a boy, it could be a flying spaghetti monster. Like it doesn't matter. Like because it a- relates to the story. Exactly. You give me a good character to play as, and I'm sorry. Like there have been a lot of games where you know the protagonist is female, and it's it's a fantastic game. Horizon. <laughs> like, yeah. So, and I mean, you can even go back to like the PlayStation Three, and you can play like Heavenly Sword. That was a good game. That's true. That's true. You know. So, and and you know, I'm not trying to hate on Microsoft here, but it does seem like Sony has kind of really tried to adopt that strategy more and really spacing out their characters not every mm-hmm. main character is this you know male big burly you know hero guy i mean look at microsoft i mean right away you got you know master chief and the dude yeah. from gears like just these these big burly men and like i said you know the games are great they're fun to play and everything but i think you know for the sake of of diversity and reaching a broader market and just opening up video games to more people you know giving and also, it also gives, gives the games a sense of realism, too. Yeah. You know? Because, you know, like, half the population are women. Exactly. Did you know that? <laughs> Crazy statistic. <laughs> but, you know, it's it, it's cool to see Sony taking the stance and, and putting games out like this. I'm, I'm excited to see, you know, Horizon on the PC. I mean, like I said, it's, it's a beautiful game on a console, but I know somebody who has a really beefed up PC is... You know, the game's going to look beautiful on there. But I think for me, you know, just because of how much you can do in the game, um, it's just one of those games that I, I might feel more comfortable playing with, like, a mouse and keyboard. That's fair. There's no. a lot of, like, hunting and scavenging that I feel like mm-hmm. would be more prone for uh, yeah. a mouse and keyboard. Yep. Yep. But no, you know, all in all, it's awesome to see just, you know, more females in entertainment becoming a norm and not just something yeah. that, you know, not just something to, oh, look, hey, we're doing it, you know? Like, you know, this is like, this, this is what so, it is. This actually happens. <laughs> so here's the thing. As a black person, as in case you don't know, internet, hi, I'm black. <laughs> I hate force inclusivity because mm-hmm. it feels like you're making people into trophies and that's mm-hmm. just as gross as just outward hating someone because of their race or sex it's right. it's just as bad do it naturally P- just 
hey, there's a story about this woman who has like a bionic arm and she has to save the day. Cool story. That's it. What yep. happened to her? And that's it. Like, I don't, she doesn't need to be male for the story. Nope. And nope. this is even true for like even older movies, like say Alien, where the main character is Skagoni Weaver and she's a badass. Mm-hmm. And it's yep. just anybody could man up. Anyone could do the job that needs to be done. It's not specific to gender or anything like that. Race, mm-hmm. religion, any of it. Yep. People are people. Yep. And it's, you know, and it's, it's not just, not just video games. You know, we're, we're seeing a lot more of these, these roles and these things being filled in, in television shows and, and movies and stuff. Um, you know, I think this would be a good point for us to jump into our, our entertainment here because um, I, I know coming up here with season two of The Boys, you're going to see um, the, yes, The Boys. Yes. <laughs> the Boys. And for anybody who hasn't watched The Boys, get on Amazon right now. Watch The Boys. Shut off this podcast. Yeah, just Go don't watch even The Boys. <laughs> leave. Get out of here now. Come back watch to us. It. Come back. Spoilers. We're going to talk about The Boys. <laughs> um, but what I was saying is, like, you know, you're going to see season two here. Uh, Starlight and Kimiko are going to have much bigger roles than they did in, in the first season. So, and both of those characters are badass. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah. but I uh, I actually just completed my first watch through of the boys here this past uh, this past week, and I am I'm sold. I'm blown away. I actually just went and got the comics uh, for my app, so I can read through the comics and, and get to that before I start season two. Um, Ooh, but <laughs> just to fair warn you, those are graphic. Those uh, yeah. are graphic. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm prepared. <laughs> you think you're prepared, but... So, here's a little... Starlight, she's a character. She joins the Seven. They're like the Justice League. Mm-hmm. In the show, one of the dudes of the Seven is a creep, and it's gross. In the comics, everyone's gross. Everyone's a creep. It is... <laughs> vile what happens to that character in the comics oh i'm so excited now (laughs) just to fair warn you they toned the show down it's it it, this has had this happened to me with um with the watchman um you know i saw the movie without reading the comic first and then i had to go back adaptation that so, is a great adaptation. It, yeah, it was. Um, but no, and I did the same thing with The Walking Dead as well. You know, I watched The Walking Dead and then went back and, and read the comics. So I definitely want to do the same thing here with the boys, you know, despite how, how vulgar and gruesome and awful <laughs> it may be. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I just, you know, for me, if I find something that I really, really enjoy, I want to, I want to, I want to read the source material. I want to find out what it's, what it was based off of. I want to see what the differences are, you know? And like, there's a lot of times where it's like, you know, the source material may not fit the screen. And I like Mm -hmm. how they, how they adapt certain situations to the screen where they can't necessarily reproduce it. Like it was in the, in the comic or the book or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. But this show has easily reached into my top 10 
Like I am, like you said, it's, it's like it, it's like the rated R Justice League, but they live in like an Avengers Tower. <laughs> yep. And it's, um, it's it's uh like the show itself is a good like view of how superhero uh like communities would actually act in the real world. It's not like this pris and proper thing. They try to make it that way for like the cameras and like yep. the newspapers, but people are still people. And like the earlier note, people can be gross and just mm-hmm. corrupt any like fake. We deal with that in our world. Obviously, if you add superpowers to the mix, yeah, they be gross people too. So it was funny uh, with um, the deep there and how mm-hmm. you know he was. He was, you know, gross at the beginning and and stuff. He gets um, his comeuppance. I I like how they're starting to like turn his character around. I mean, I loved the scenes with with the lobster and the dolphin. Yep, those are hilarious. <laughs> He's just they, such a joke. They're they're awful. Those scenes are awful, but but they're hilarious at the same time. Um, but I just I love I love his character because like throughout the entire thing he's like all right no matter what I've done I'm hyped I'm going back I'm gonna be part of the seven again <laughs> and then he gets transferred out to the middle of nowhere and he's like oh <laughs> yep okay. mid, mid, middle of Ohio <laughs> and he's a scumbag my favorite part that happens someone fingers his gills it's not comfortable it's gross <laughs> come up <please>. yep <laughs> no i think i think my, one of my favorite scenes from the entire season was when um uh, billy and uh uh, mm go into the go into the NICU where all the super babies are yep. and <laughs> he yep. just just grabs it's the, the baby grabs, <laughs> grabs the baby with the laser eyes and just starts slicing people in half with just, <laughs> like he's just a laser pointer and everyone's dying it's like it's so outrageous like it's just this like five minute scene that is just so out of this world you're just like okay cool and then he puts the little baby down he's like thank you the violence is so over the top it's video game violence <laughs> but- <laughs> i mean starting from the first episode it's, it starts off very slow it's like this guy's yeah. got this shitty life blah 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 but he's got an awesome girlfriend and like they're all like i love you and blah 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 she steps off a curve and then she's turned the goo because someone with super speed literally goes through her and it's like this just graphic, gross, bloody scene, and you're like, okay, well, that's the tone we're going for. And it's it's funny too because it's like they set up the show in the world like everything is happy. You know, there's these heroes that save the day and everything. It's like, yeah, the, you you get the 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 sense that the show is going to be overly violent because right at the beginning there, I mean, Homelander comes down and you know throws a dude across like three city blocks and what's her yeah. face breaks a dude's neck like so it's like there is the violence that's right at the beginning there, but then it it kind of opens up like okay, like they're just regular superheroes. They just they're violent about doing things mm-hmm. and then. And then it, you know, all of a sudden it pans to, you know, um, Huey's happy life and his girlfriend and then the incident with A-Train running through his girlfriend there. And then all of a sudden we start to see like, oh, these superheroes are messed up. Yeah. <laughs> like they are horrible, horrible, horrible people. <laughs> like there are, you know, 
good heroes in the mix. It's not like they're all bad people. Mm -hmm. Some of them are a little lost. Uh, the main uh, actress of the show, Starlight, she's like this pure, innocent girl who just wants to do like the ideal American thing. She used her power for good, joined the mm -hmm. Seven. They re they really propped her up like even like a Christian figure and like she's yep. just pure and innocent. You know, yep. that's not really who she is either. But she's not like on the opposite scale where it's like she's trying to be something she's obviously not. Um, uh, for so. those of you people who don't know, um, Starlight is played by the actress Erin Moriarty, who was also on Jessica Jones. I love Jessica Jones. Watch mm -hmm. it. Yep. Yep, but no, the the boy is just uh, like I, I want to watch it again probably a second time before season two drops on September fourth. Um, I'm I'm I can't wait. I got it marked on the calendar. <laughs> um, but it's oh, when uh, it comes out, I'm blowing yeah. through it all. I'm just gonna sit yeah. down and be like, this is the day I'm mm -hmm. watching it, and that's it. Because so, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, can we talk about my favorite character? Well, that's what Black I was about to ask Noir. you. Black yeah. Black Noir is the best character. He's like this Batman esque character, fully masked. You don't know what he looks like. He does he's just always in the background. He's playing the piano. He's like the super chill guy. And like there's this scene in the show where Homelander, he's the main guy, he's kinda like Superman, the powerful mm -hmm. one, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. He's like berating the rest of the seven, and then he's like, Black Noir, <laughs> keep it up. And like snaps his fingers and points to him. And you're just yep. like, I love this guy. I I think when you're when you're talking about him playing the piano and there's the, the scene where they're all in the uh the Vought little like company party there, and the one dude's on the piano playing along, and all of a sudden Black Noir just comes down and sits next to him and just staring at him for like 30 seconds, and the piano player is like Okay, I'll go. <laughs> yep. He hops, hops right on the piano and starts jamming out on the piano. Um, he, uh, I hope we get to see more of him in season two. Uh, we definitely will. We definitely will. Because he, uh, you know, when he took on Kimiko in that that one scene, there you got to see how brutal he could he could really be. So he's a monster. Mm -hmm. He is easily. He's like the best thing. Just like this side thing. Since he doesn't talk, he's like very a visual character and like pays off constantly um, do you have a favorite non soup uh, i don't uh, i mean the boys themselves right they're mm -hmm. fine but like each one of them i kind of i don't know there's something about them that kind of not makes me like them i root for them as a whole mm-hmm <laughs> so if I were to choose like my favorite soup from the show, it would definitely be the deep just because of what they're doing with his character so far. Like, I love it. I love this thing. Like, it's like the downfall of a superhero who doesn't know he's on the downfall. Well, yeah, that's uh, yeah. <laughs> it's very much that. <laughs> and I mean, it's like, you know, we all know that <clears throat> up until, you know, the Jason Momoa movie. Aquaman was kind of a joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I like how they played yes. off that in the show. Like the dude who can talk to fish is the joke. Um, but I just, I just love his character and the dude who plays him is funny as hell too. Um, but if, but as far as non superhero in that show, Frenchie, Frenchie is my favorite character. Um, 
he up there for me. Uh, like I, I think I liked because when they first brought him on, I was like, oh, okay, he's you know just in the, another one of these. You know, like how they set up, it's like, oh, he owes him money, and that, that's what I thought it was going to be. It was going to mm-hmm. turn into like, oh, he's just going to do this to eventually get his forty thousand dollars or whatever. But then you start to see like his character develop, and he talks about his past, and and that's how him and Kimiko make the connection because they both were basically kept chained up and everything their lives. Mm-hmm. And so I really liked how how Frenchie developed as a character and just he he's probably out of all the characters in the group the warmest one <laughs> like, yeah i, I mean so. and like, it helps <laughs> that you see a lot of that progression mm-hmm. um, i mean obviously the main one out of them is huey huey yep i don't like him because he complains a yeah. lot yep like yep. he needs to stop being a whiny bitch because it drives me crazy I love Carl Urban, though. I'm just going to put that out there. Carl Urban is an amazing actor. He is. I love him. Just like, if Mm -hmm. you've never seen Dread, see Dread. Oh, that's a man. He was Dread, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. (laughs) That's a movie where you never see his face, and he Mm -hmm. has to bring it to the next level because obviously a part of acting is your face, and he nails it. Oh, Dread's so good. Yeah, no, I haven't seen. I mean, obviously, I saw the original with, with Stallone, mm. but <laughs> I never saw the the new like rebooted version there. It, yeah, it's, it's it's sad that there was never a sequel because that's I, a fu- that's a franchise in the making. I mean, I remember it coming out um, uh, back when I was working at Blockbuster, but after that, I just I it kind of fell off my radar. So now that you talk about it, and then knowing that it's Carl Urban, I'll, I'll definitely watch it. Carl Urban, towards the end of the season, where it's more focused about, like, why he's so angry, why he's so after superheroes, that was pretty good. Like, it's it's slightly generic in a way, but, like, the details of, like, how it's broken down are very unique to the show. Like, and the ending... I was not expecting the ending at all. I knew something was up when he 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 found out that he was being lied to by both sides, mm-hmm. but yeah. I I did not expect the the ending that we we got. <laughs> I so, honestly th- I honestly thought that after you know, um, um, God, why am I drawing a blank now on on his uh, butcher? Um, mm-hmm. when he when he uh, detonated the bomb there, I thought that that's when the credits were going to roll. Me too. And, <laughs> but then to get that extra scene at the at the end was, was like what? <laughs> yeah, but like more importantly, Homelander, aka the Superman, the whole season from the first episode, yeah, he's a little bit violent. Like the facade just chips away. And like halfway through the season, there's no not even a facade anymore. He's nope. this brutal, aggressive monster of a man. Mm-hmm. And he what he wants, he wants. And he'll take it. And like he has this like weird like mommy fixation with uh another of the characters, the head lady of v- Madeline Madeline Stillwell. V- something? Yes. Um and it's like this it's just weird and sexual, but it's it's uh, yeah. 
But then you get to the last episode, and he melts her face. Mm-hmm. Just like that's what it would look like if Superman used heat vision <laughs> on somebody. Mm-hmm. And yep. it's it took me by storm. Like I I didn't I didn't see that coming at all either. It's just like okay. And so I was oh god no no go ahead uh, uh, um no uh so the it's funny because you know we're talking about now and still well hearing what happened to her and i thought that she was going to be like the person who was in charge like i thought she was the the, the higher up and then they started talking about you know floor 82 and yeah. this and then this mr edgar guy and then all of a sudden we see mr edgar and who is it but giancarlo oh, esposito yep, yep. <laughs> yep it so is. it's like it's like uh, he's a bad guy in this too <laughs> so i know we're gonna see more of him in the uh in the next season for sure especially with uh with Stillwell gone but sorry to everyone for all the spoilers on this but seriously it warned you, you. Yeah, we warned you, but even if even with these spoilers, because we kind of went all over the place when, with our talk here, um, definitely, definitely go check out the boys. Um, it's it's only eight episodes long. Each episode is just just under an hour, um, but it's a great watch. You can binge watch it on Amazon Prime right now, and season two is getting ready to drop on September fourth. Um, but there's tons of footage and trailers and teasers for the second season that you can go and watch right now. And there's actually a real funny video where they actually have all of the actors going on and reacting and reading off the amazon prime reviews of the show mm. and and it's it's kind of funny so if anyone has a, ch- a second to go check that out just just go to you know go to youtube or whatever and, and search you know the, the boys amazon reviews and it's all the actors sitting there reading reading off the reviews that people have given the show and it's it's pretty funny Check it out. It's dope. It's good. <laughs> it's very well made, and the cinematography is like on yeah. point. And I'm I'm really curious, and I may have to do some research on like what the budget was for the show because I mean it seems like they spent a pretty penny making oh, they this had show. To. Like the quality is just it's outrageous. <laughs> well, I think the one thing that they definitely had helping them is that Seth Rogen was an executive producer on the show, and I you did know, not know if. That. Yeah, no, and that's I mean he's he's in the show for like three seconds because <laughs> they talk about um it's they do a little fake commercial where they're doing an interview with a director making a movie and it's like him sitting next to like Black Noir doing an interview and he's talking about yeah. how he's directing the next movie. Um yeah, no, he's an executive producer on the show, and for people who don't know, the producers are the people who usually put up a lot of the money for when things get made. So you got a guy like Seth Rogen who obviously has a pretty well-established Hollywood career and lots of money in the bank. He probably invested a pretty penny into making this show. And I mean, I've watched interviews with him about it and he loves the show. He loves the work that's been done with it. So you can only imagine that he's just going to keep pumping more and more money into it. And honestly, it's one of Amazon's top shows right now. So it's already making money on its own. <laughs> it's it's Watch funny because it. yeah no it's like seriously like I mean if if over the top violence gets to you a little bit maybe steer away from it <laughs> but other than that if you want like a really good unique original take on a superhero story definitely watch the boys. Um, yeah, there's nothing I mean, like it, really. No, there isn't. And, you know, in all honesty, like, you know, when you think about some of the characters, it's like, you go and you think about Superman, it's like, honestly, like, what really gave Superman a reason to stay 
good this whole time. Like honestly, his him and his parents. His ex- but yeah, I I get that. I get that, and I think that's what they're going for with Homelander and why he's not you know why he's not leaning and staying on you know being a good guy it's like one's a experiment and one was literally raised as a person Mm -hmm. and yeah me nurture versus nature basically (laughs) yep yep no it's it's funny because it's like you know i i didn't find myself watching a lot of stuff on amazon like i just you know i was watching the man in the high castle but that's probably the first like original prime show that i really sat down and and started going through and and now of course the boys and i'm thinking about starting upload but um i've heard about it yeah yeah but we can talk about upload in another podcast once i actually watch it <laughs> mm. um but aside from that like i've been watching more movies and stuff on amazon and i uh last week with my kids i ended up watching sonic the hedgehog i love sonic the hedgehog it is such a fun movie right like it it's it's unreasonable for out like yeah like they had to redo the animation for sonic but like if that was the only issue i still think it would have been successful i think so too i mean the, the original animation did like have some weird like creepy it's, <laughs> oh, it's creepy it's creepy <laughs> but i i the overall i think they did an awesome job with the with the movie itself like obviously it's not you know taken directly from any straight one of the sonic games i thought it was no. cool i thought it was cool that the town that he ended up in it was like green hills, green hills. Yeah. you know i thought that was cool the only part that i thought was weird and the like i don't remember them ever touching on the original video games sonic was raised by owls <laughs> no that's that's unique that's unique to the movie which I, it might be in the comics or like like the old cartoon, you know what I'm talking about with Bunny? Yeah, but yeah, I mean, my kids watch like Sonic X and the old Sonic cartoons and everything, and I don't remember him being raised by owls. I, but, I don't remember either, <laughs> but it, it could be somewhere. But, I don't know. But overall, I mean, you know, Jim Carrey was awesome. Like, Jim Carrey <laughs> was great, but and, I can't wait for the sequel with Jim Carrey. <laughs> oh my <right>. God. <laughs> <laughs> spoilers everyone <laughs> more spoilers <laughs> um at the uh at the end of sonic there because throughout the movie like you already know jim carrey is playing dr robotnik but he's more of a it was where he's a very movie-fied version it, it, it kind of yes. reminded me of like when we got this first live action super mario brothers movie mm-hmm. and how they how they made you know bowser look <laughs> it's like oh yeah, he just basically he, he just looks like a, a dude with an alligator head <laughs> and so that's what I I, I I thought, but um, but no, you know, they ended up evolving his character into the one we know from the video games, yeah. and how they did that I thought was awesome, and how we ended up in the Mushroom Hills zone at the yeah. end of the game. It was just like, oh, okay, cool. He he's got the big mustache, yeah, bald. He's got his yep. nose is a little red. It's it's great. But not and like he, that's not even just it too. Like overall, there's like all these little like in series things. Like if you mm-hmm. there's a part where Sonic opens up a map of possible worlds he can go to, and on the very top, it's literally the Sega Saturn logo. Yep. And I was like, that's cool. There's a yep. Bad Nicks like label in Robotnik's lab. There's there's tons of little little nods to the series as a whole, and it's like. They didn't have to do a lot of these because like they're just 
things that like if you care you look you see them but like uh just think it's a good movie sonic's a like likable character he made me sad at times mm-hmm no, and, and I, I liked how it was like, okay, he's they kept him kind of youngish yes. for this movie, and I, I liked that about it because it's like, okay, this is this is a Sonic who is really starting to find his own. I like how he got the shoes in the movie. I thought yeah. that was cool. Um, so I think there was a lot of things they did with it, and even if you like listen to the music, there was a lot yeah. of times they they plugged the original songs, whether mm-hmm. if they were the original eight bit version or they upped it with a new or- you know orchestral score playing you know a version of one of the old songs. I thought that that was that was really cool. Um, it, the movie was definitely better than I expected it to be. I just expected it to be another one of those movies that's going to you know mostly pander to kids, and mm-hmm. no, like they like they hooked me with all the different stuff that they threw in there. It's like I'm sorry unless you were a kid who actually sat down and played Sonic 1 through 3 religiously, you probably wouldn't get some of the references that they put in the game. Like, the fact that <laughs> or in the they, movie. Keep, they keep Sonic to probably the age of, like, 14, maybe? Mm-hmm. At most? It, yep. it kind of... There's, like, the father-son, like, friend relationship between... Uh, is, it, is it Cyclops? Was that Cyclops? Uh, oh yeah james marston yes 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 yep um, yep between cyclops and james marston he's not cyclops um he, he and, was cyclops uh, he was but not when it counted um between him and like this developing like friendship and like sonic's like alone throughout most of the movie or like at least in like his history like he's just an outcast he was sent to earth to escape Echidnas, spoilers, it's like in the first like 10 minutes, but Echidnas try to steal Sonic and you're like, yo, where's Knuckles at? What's happening? Why is this happening? Like, whoa, like I can't wait for the sequel because like I really want them to go back to like where Sonic comes from. Like, mm-hmm. I know that'd be hard to do with human characters and all this other stuff, but like yeah, make it work, whatever. <clears throat> well, I mean, obviously, you know, they're gonna end up like either it's gonna some of it's gonna take place in the Mushroom Hill Zone, or you know, Doctor Robotnik is gonna escape they, from it yeah. somehow. You know, but I again, spoiler warning, everyone, when they rolled the credits and then we got the little scene with Tails at the end, I was Tails! like, here we go, here we go. <laughs> Tails looked great too. He did. Like, I was like, yo, he's flying. Which makes, another- oh. which makes me wonder, did they have an original animation for Tails that they had to change to? <laughs> you know what? They probably did. They probably had to change him too. And he probably how- looked like a freak. <laughs> <laughs> Nightmare fuel. I mean, the, the original Sonic was Nightmare Fuel, so I can only imagine a two-tailed fox. <laughs> yeah. He probably looked like a taxidermy fox or something, just like... But all in all, great movie. I, I mean, it was fun to watch with my kids, because my kids like Sonic, so they got to appreciate it, and I got to appreciate it for, like, the nostalgic feeling behind it. So, again, if, you know, the movie that you haven't seen, definitely, definitely, definitely check it out. It's It's worth it. Um, we ended up buying it and honestly I'm kind of glad I did because I know it's one that I'll watch again I did not buy mine just rented it Ooh, nothing wrong with that <laughs> nothing wrong with that <laughs> but no I'm trying to get into like this uh, 
this trend now of trying to pick a movie every single week to to watch with my kids and you know my kids are big into gaming now too they're massively addicted to roblox um but um we are going to be watching ready player one this weekend i know it's a movie that's been out for a couple years now but i have yet to see it i know it's a steven spielberg movie um and it's got a lot of stuff in it that i like (laughs) between gundams and and akira's motorcycle showing up and doc's delorean from back to the future like there's a lot of stuff in there there is there is so iron giant like there's tons of stuff that, that that's in it so i'm looking forward to watching it and seeing how they fit it all together. I mean, I've watched the trailer a couple times, and I think the concept behind it is is cool. And, and it's based off books, right? Yes, it is based off books. Okay. And they are, they started writing Ready Player Two as a book. So there is a potential sequel movie in the future. That'd be cool. I mean, and hopefully I enjoy this one here. Because like I said, I haven't seen it. And I know it's one that I was... I've been planning to watch for a while. So I'm kind of excited to, to watch it with my kids. And I know my kids are going to get a kick out of it. I know I'm going to like it just because of all the retro stuff. So, I mean, I was... It was funny because originally I thought that the the big, like, mecha robot that showed up and it was Voltron. And come to find out, no, it's a freaking Gundam. <laughs> it's a Gundam. <laughs> Yeah, I've never seen it myself. I just know there's a, like a lot of geek culture in there. Yeah. Yep. But uh, speaking of Gundam, I watched two different Gundam projects. I finished and fully rewatched uh, War in the Pocket, and that's a gruesome anime. Six episodes OVA. You could probably see it in movie form. That is a sad, sad movie. Um, I explained it in last episode um, that it's kind of the war between the Federation and Zeon through the the eyes of a kid. Mm -hmm. And you slowly find out that there's this female character that the kid's really close to. And you find out that she's the pilot of the new Gundam. And that's why there's Zeon troops in their colony because they're trying to destroy it and all this other stuff. And like it's this kid develops a deepening relationship with the rookie Zeon who filled his head up with like these ideas of war. And you later find out that the these two characters that bonded with this kid have to essentially kill each other or, you know, fail one project there's, there's this idea that there's a uh possible nuclear attack that will happen on the colony mm-hmm. and it's because they want to ensure the new gundam is destroyed the rookie's team is killed and he has to like destroy the gundam or the everyone else dies and like he's doing it for good reasons like even though he's a zeon soldier who are notoriously bad characters he wants to save the little kid, the family, and everyone else. And from the female's perspective, she's just doing her job. Like, she's... Hmm. And it's, it's really good. I didn't go too oh. much into detail, but I would recommend it. No, I mean, the, the you've talked about it in you know, the past couple episodes here, and you know, you've, you've definitely piqued my interest. And so I'm curious, where, where can I find that? 
to uh, watch it. it. It might be on Sunrise. Spoiler alert, I downloaded everything. <laughs> but I know Sunrise usually puts up uh, older properties they have that have like licensing, licensing issues. Okay. Um, you might be able to find it in here. You, I mean, it's probably not the hardest thing to find, but it is really good. A thing that isn't so good. MS Igloo. It's a movie f f about the Xeon and how they're developing new weapons and all this other stuff. It's all from their perspective, and it's in horrible CG. Oh, really? Like, how bad? <laughs> all right. Uh, so, you know Resident Evil? Let's like, say Resident Evil 2. Like, okay, I was going to say. <laughs> you know those pre-rendered, like, videos they did? Mm -hmm. Imagine that just the whole movie and it's like 15 years later and you're like, it should be better than this. And it's not <laughs> like it's horrendous. Like, you know, in old CG stuff, when you see like people's teeth and they're not like next to each other, they're like yep. separate teeth. Yep. It's that. Wow. Because it's, it's it's funny because you, you you mentioned the whole Resident Evil two cutscenes there and, and I was just watching like comparison videos between classic Resident Evil two and and the remake and I'm watching those cutscenes and like this was bad this was yeah. really bad yeah <laughs> it's not good but, <laughs> no I mean I, I haven't watched Gundam in a long time so hearing you talk about some of these projects definitely you know piques my interest and. I think I want to I want to check it out again so I'll have to do some hunting to see where I can find them online and yeah so and if anybody listening you know if if, if you guys know where to find some of this stuff or anything without it being illegal <laughs> listen all right I downloaded it you don't know how I downloaded it <laughs> No, I've you know like I haven't watched I haven't watched a lot of anime at all recently, and I don't know I've I've always liked Gundam. It's never been there's always been like another anime that's always kind of stolen my interest away from watching Gundam, and I think I've always gotten kind of like intimidated by Gundam because there's so much Gundam out there, <laughs> so much like <laughs> what I gave myself to watch is only like half of everything, and I'm like it's gonna still take me like the rest of the year to watch mm -hmm. it. Yep. Oh, but, but like, oh, I was no, gonna say a big driving force behind like me wanting to watch Gundam was like model kits and all this other stuff. But like what's keeping me there is like how they're dealing with the concept of war. It's not like this thing that happens in a storyline and like the characters then have to deal with it. It's the story from the beginning. It's both sides being depicted as either good or bad on both sides. And it's just like these teenagers or like these really talented kids just getting thrust into this or essentially dying. And it's 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 grim. It's 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 like I mentioned this in the original Gundam. The main character has like PTSD through like yeah. most of the original show. And it's yep, it's it's ripping it's like it's intense 
No, the the shows have always had great character development. It's not just a bunch of kids in mech suits fighting, you know, wars in the sky. Like there's been great character development in each of the Gundam shows that I've seen. You know, it kind of helps you really, you know, personalize the the people behind the suits because you know, like. We we grew up watching you know Voltron and the Vicious Power Rangers and stuff yeah. like that, and it's just it's just kids in suits beating each other up. But the Gundam series has always t- taken it you know to the next level and really made you feel for the character that's behind that suit. And that's one thing I've always appreciated about the Gundam series. There's just so much Gundam to watch. <laughs> it is. I mean, if you look up like the main timeline, the UC timeline, and just do the major shows. That would probably be the best way to consume Gundam. Yeah. It's like, I'm pretty sure I've seen all of Mobile Suit Gundam. I'm pretty sure I've seen all of Gundam Wing. I'm pretty sure I've seen all of um, uh, Mobile Fighter G Gundam. But I don't think anything outside of that. Yeah, G Gundam is by far my favorite. Um, It's it's so good. Save the franchise. You have no (laughs) idea how much it saved that franchise. No, I'm I'll, I'm gonna have to get it started. So I may have to find, get my hands on some of it this week, so I can so I can start it. So, but I think we're gonna wrap up the uh, entertainment news there, man, or entertainment section, I should say. It was more of us just kind of talking about stuff that we've watched recently and, and what we yeah. like about it. But, um, but yeah, so. This past week, I it was my two truths and a lie. So I know this week it's Ashton's turn. So Ashton, what you got for us this week? All right. In case you don't know, everyone, I play D and D, and I love it. So I'm going to talk about some characters. Nerd. I, I play as. Look, that's a good game. I'm just. We should, have a, we should play D and D, and I'll show you the way. But truth or lie. I play as a big hulking totem based barbarian. He's a Goliath. He crushes. He steps. He is able to literally walk through enemies and kill them. I play in another campaign a small druid that is obsessed with the moon and nature and just being chill, man. And in a third campaign... I play as a character who is a warlock, who is a cursed undead, who just can never die, is always resurrected. He's over 2,000 years, and he's tired. That's it. Which one's the lie? Hmm. Who do you think I would play as? Part of me thinks you're the ch- you're the chill dude. <laughs> we'll That's find out have. next time. We will. We will. So... Hopefully, I'll tune in for the next episode so we can get the answer to that question. And uh, by the next episode, we should... I hope you sh- tune in. Yes, please, 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 please. No, I mean, in all seriousness, like, a big, big thank you to everyone who has listened and subscribed so far. It, it does mean a lot to us. I put out a thank you video on, on our social media pages. Just thank everyone because, you know, this is actually already starting to exceed our expectations with as far as how many people have kind of followed along and paying attention and are interacting with us. So I hope everyone keeps it up and I hope we, uh, we get even more people interacting with us, especially as we continue to grow our... Uh, our little channel here and you know when we start doing more twitch streaming and posting videos to youtube um so it's uh it's been nice to see this kind of grow already at the uh at the rate it has but 
we want to keep seeing it go, grow more. We want to, you know, we want to have more people listening and, and, and honestly, if there's any feedback that, you know, anyone can provide, you know, there's stuff you like about our show, there's stuff you don't like about our show. Let us know. We want to get better. We want to, you know, we're both pretty new to doing this. So we just want to get better and we want to produce a good show for everyone and, and also have a good time while we're doing it. So, and maybe you know. send us an email at the guys at the midlifegamers.com. Yep. Ask yep. a question. Yep. Send Hit us, us up feedback. on social links. Yep. You can, we are, uh, we're on Facebook, Midlife Gamers, uh, Twitter at MLG Podcast, um, and uh, uh, Instagram at, at the Midlife Gamers as well. Um, and now, of course, you can find us on Twitch at MLG Podcast, and now on YouTube, the uh, we're listed as the Midlife Gamers as well. So the YouTube channel is still fairly new. Only Ashton stream and my thank you video up there so far. Mm. But as we start, you know, getting more stream gameplay and, and more stuff in general, we're going to we're going to post some stuff up there. Um, I think we're going to try and take some snippets from the podcast from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um, we are hoping, hoping to get something off the ground here. Where we'll be video recording these episodes as well and cutting out certain segments for our YouTube channel. And mm-hmm. on top of that, on top of that, providing some original content for our YouTube channel that you're only going to find there. So, so hopefully you will find us on all of those places. Like us, follow us, subscribe. Share us. Share us. Yes, please. If you got friends, family who are into video games, there's no reason why they shouldn't be listening to us. <laughs> Just, you know, anybody. You're like, hey... This guy really likes Gundam. Go go find someone who does model kits and be like, hey, this guy talks about Gundam. Hey, what's up? Hey, no, give me this is I've stated before. This is kind of a dream come true, and it's it's nice to be able to do this. I uh, I fell in love with podcasting a few years ago through uh, Kevin Smith, you know, and it was more just from a fan side. You know, I, I I loved listening to podcasts, and you know, he always said in his podcasts to people, you know. If you want to do it, like what's stopping you? Why not? Like you want to you want to make a podcast? You got a headset and a cell phone? Go do it. And you know, it I think is that easy. It is. It is. And I think you know something was holding me back all this time, and and now you know we're able to do it, and I'm so glad that we've started it because it's been loads of fun so far, and I can't wait to keep growing it. And so I hope everyone who's listening so far continues to grow with us, and that's it. So. So thank you. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Um, Again, please like us, follow us, subscribe. Um, Wherever you listen to your podcasts, we're on everything now. So you can find us pretty much anywhere. Um, Maybe more. (laughs) Maybe we're on the moon. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it could be broadcasting us from the other side of the universe. Who knows? Who knows? But um, next episode, expect a follow-up on Ghost of Tsushima, getting our personal feedback on what we think of the game so far. Um, Not sure if we'll be able to provide a full-blown review, but I think we'll be able to provide at least some decent feedback of what we think of the game so far. So definitely, definitely tune in next week because we will have some awesome feedback about that game. And yeah, so good night, everyone. Pew, 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 pew.